Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Dragging the Table. I'm your host, DJ, and today I am joined by the one and only Sleep Terror John, Jonathan Chow. <laughs> How's it going? I hope man? you like that. I did that one for you. <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, we know more than one John, Beth and I, uh, and so every once in a while I'll be like, yeah, I saw John put whatever on Instagram. She's like, who? I'm like, oh, Sleep Terror John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess like John's a pretty common name. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, not just J-O-N, because I was like, oh, is that like a nickname or what? But, isn't it? Well, it's short for Jonathan. All those those Johns with the H in them are poses. Yeah. Everyone knows that. So, uh, I guess let's start out by letting you tell everyone where to find you. I guess you're the, what, the CEO of Sleep Terror Clothing? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm like the CEO, the designer, the intern, like the forever <laughs> intern of Sleep Terror. I got to run the whole show. <laughs> That's awesome. You can find me anywhere on the internet. Um, just Google Sleep Terror Clothing, Instagram. I'm on there every day, <laughs> every hour, always <laughs> watching. Uh, dude, it's it's how long how long have you had that that company? Um, since 2012. 2012 and how did it get started for you because like I knew you initially through uh the podcast that you did alt sides and uh it wasn't until I was already like deep into listening to that show that uh I don't know if it got mentioned on the show or it just so happened that they tagged you or something and I was like what is this like what it's a whole other Um, like (laughs) so how did you get started with that like what what was the like I don't oh, know how to start. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know how you would, I, I don't know. Cause I, I've thought of like trying to, I'm like, maybe we could make shirts for the show and maybe I'll just do it. And you start like looking at like, you know, I don't know all the way, all the different ways to do it. And I immediately I'm like, eh, just let T public do it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty over. It's like, it gets overwhelming, but it's fun stuff. You know, I like solving problems and that's uh but to answer your question, um, cause I'm just going to go off on a tangent. Please. Um, <laughs> I started the concept of sleep terror came up when I was in college. So, um, yeah, because 2011 is when I graduated. I think it was my sophomore or junior year of college. I was um, having these crazy sleep paralysis uh, like nightmares. I've always had sleep paralysis. And um, at that point in college, I don't know if it was like added on stress um i started going to these like sleep study things so they're like why are you up like put you in a room that looked like someone's bedroom just not yours it looked like a pedophile's like prison <laughs> slash hotel um like they had like really kooky uh wallpaper and like huge flat screen tv for you just to like monitor how you go to sleep and you're all hooked up it's really uncomfortable um but uh, they monitored my like sleep cycle, and um, they recommended that I do like uh, like a sleep journal, like it's like weird voodoo sleep science. <laughs> so wait, a sleep journal is um, that like just recording like your sleep, or is it also like writing down what you dreamed about, or if you remember what I it? dream about? <clears throat> and that's when I realized I'm just getting hooked up, and they're monitoring all this stuff for no reason. Because like I was like, so what do I do? Like they're like, just don't 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 drink caffeine before bed. Don't look at your phone. Try not to smoke before bed. Don't eat chocolate. 
and I'm like, okay, great. I'm so happy my health insurance covers this, this night at this pedo hotel. <laughs> and and a, a real, a real uh, Google search, like you just Google searched in the physical realm. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's all stuff that you could be like, oh, okay, well, don't drink a cup of coffee before bed. Got it. <laughs> like that's the place that like you go to if you tell your doctor, um, hey, I'm having these astro projections. I need to see someone. He's like, whoa, hold up, boy. I got a hookup for you. <laughs> and they have like some sort of sleep paralysis, sleep study ring going on. Did you have benefiting off of <laughs> Did you like have me? to do the thing too where you like before you went in, they were like, all right, you got to stay up for 48 hours so that you go immediately to sleep? Uh, or were they just like, ah, <laughs> oh, just come in and just do your normal thing? Yeah, they were just like, do your normal thing. Um, but for the nightmares, they told me to keep a dream journal. And so throughout college, I kept one and I was having these insane dreams. So I like somehow subconsciously when I woke up, I'd write them down because you know how you forget your dreams and your nightmares? Yes. Like throughout the day. So I would jot these things down. And um, uh, at the time I was doing a lot of freelance design work for like hardcore bands, metal bands. And I was like, this would be kind of cool if I started my own clothing brand. I know the t-shirt biz enough. I did not really did not <laughs> the amount of money you lose on running a clothing brand. <laughs> I'm sure every podcaster, uh, can sympathize with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure any entrepreneur, anyone who has like an independent idea or want to like work for yourself feels that pain. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's how it started. It was based off of nightmares. Um, and, uh, I would just turn my nightmares into wearable art. And in the beginning, people like loved it because they were like, oh, I have these sleep paralysis. Uh, I have sleep paralysis, too. And then I got some a lot of weirdos telling me their their dreams. And I was like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're so were you having like nightmares on a because I would say in the past decade, I can only really remember one nightmare still to this day vividly that like I I thought I had had nightmares before. And this dream was so horrifying that it like shook me for weeks. So were you having dreams like that all the time? Yeah. Or... Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I think it just might have been my like crazy schedule because like an idiot, I was the only one out of my art community that decided to take on a business major. So while all my friends were like going to class at like three, four o'clock and having one class, I had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn at six. <laughs> and I, you know, I did my partying. So I would like pull out these weird all nighters and, um, I probably, you know, I probably did it to myself because I haven't had sleep paralysis in like three years, four years. And is that, is it due to not drinking caffeine before bed? Uh, not or looking at a that. screen? <laughs> what are you talking if about? If anything, the caffeine's gotten worse. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Wait, so I want to know what, what your dream is. The one that you like vividly uh, remember. So this dream was, it was the first thing about it was that was weird is all of my dreams normally I would say, yeah, all of my dreams are third person. Like I'll be looking at, I'll either be looking at myself or some representation of myself. Like I'm never in my own body. Um, and this That's one, weird. yeah, it's very weird apparently. Cause I tell people that and they're like, I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, <laughs> but the, this one kept going like in and out of perspectives like it, it seemed like when each because it was going by like a movie and each scene I would be either sometimes I would be looking out of someone else's eyes sometimes I would be third person uh but 
the I actually don't even want to tell all the details because it is horrifying. But there was a lot of murder, and uh, there was uh, uh, kids got murdered, adults got murdered. Like it was bad. And I remember all I remember the end right before I woke up. The guy that was doing all the murdering that I don't know if it was supposed to be me or not because I was his POV sometimes, but just not all the time, uh, was basically the evidence dungeon where all the bad things happened. He had set it on fire and people didn't realize it was him uh, that was doing the murdering that set it on fire. And uh, like I woke up knowing this person was going to get away with it. And it just I don't know, man. It was bad. (laughs) (laughs) So basically you start, you like directed and starred and like produced your own like horror thriller movie in your, in your, in your sleep. Yes. Yes. It was. Yeah. It one that I didn't know I was about to star in as well. <laughs> so it was just, uh, it was terrifying. Yeah. What is That's one of, crazy. dude. Yeah. What was one of your like crazier dreams? Um, I vividly remember one where uh, I was, um, well, two, it's a two-parter. Cause so like, I don't know if you've ever had sleep paralysis, but when that shit happens, it's like, it's a trip. It puts like a huge toll on your body. Cause, so are you actually um, awake when you're in sleep paralysis? Not awake, but you know what I you mean? Are. Like you're, you're, you're just body can't move, right? Yeah. So like you're sleeping and you feel it in the dream when the dream just bottoms out, you know, it's like when, you know, and I don't, I don't know why I keep bringing up Willy Wonka in the cho- chocolate factory. <laughs> um, you know, when they're going through the tunnel and it's like super peaceful and serene. And then all of a sudden it's like, just goes left. Where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it feels like. So I was having a regular dream. I was in a cave um, being chased around by a troll. Like it was like a weird cave with like geodes and crystals, super dark. And I was being chased around by this troll and it was like, uh, it was like a horror movie where you didn't get to see the troll, but you knew something was chasing you Mm -hmm. and you're just hearing these like really weird noises. Um, So I remember that. And then all of a sudden in the dream, it bottomed out and I woke up and um, like my eyes are open and I can't move. And I fell asleep with my arm around my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I swear to God, I thought I was, uh, my body was seizing up and I was accidentally choking her oh. and I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, are you okay? And she, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I thought I choked you. <laughs> All right, go back to bed. <laughs> and, and then I was like, okay. Let's, and I'm like sweating. I went and got some water, went back to bed. And this time we just skipped the, 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 the troll cave scenery, you know, detour and just went straight into sleep paralysis. And now my cat's on my chest, sleeping with me, and stealing your I soul. I see something. <laughs> yeah, right. Sleep paralysis demon. Um, and I'm like looking into the corner of the room, and I see this like this dark shadow thing. And my cat is looking in that direction too, and he starts like meowing and mm. in that corner. And this thing like looks to be coming closer to me. Um, so I don't know what that was about, but I. Like when I'm going through sleep paralysis, I will try and bite my tongue until I wake up, you know, like, cause I can't move my arms to pinch myself or anything like that. But it kind of feels like a hot, like you're a hot dog sizzling around trying to get out of the, the pan. So this is me sleep, uh, in sleep paralysis. 
But what my body thinks I'm doing is this. Flailing everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because it was – okay. I have a lot that I think about that because I know I've heard that people explain away the you know the dark shadow in the corner uh, during sleep paralysis as like you know your, your brain still being like kind of in between you know sleep and awake. But I will say like I ne- – I, I've talked about this a little bit before, but like after my dad died, like I never had sleep paralysis, but I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I would see him kind of, or at least his head like disembodied kind of, uh, in the corner of my room. Like I would just wake up and see him there and he would be there for a couple seconds and then be gone. So I don't know, like when I hear that, like, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone that ever had sleep paralysis before, but like that is... To me, that seems like, I don't know, it's not just a sleep paralysis thing to see something, like, while you're sleeping. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, sorry that your dad passed away. Well, it was a long time ago, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I can sympathize. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, because, like, I think the, the whole thing about sleep paralysis or any type of, like, weird sleep thing that goes on, um... Your body, so like you're asleep and you've hit, you've just hit REM sleep. So now you're dreaming and you kick out of uh, REM so quickly that your body is still asleep, but your mind isn't. So I think at, like those two worlds start colliding between reality and, and dream world. Well, I, the other thing that I was thinking or that I was remembering too while you were telling that is at least once, maybe twice, like as I've been going to sleep, uh, like, I don't know what you see when you close your eyes, but you're still kind of like awake. But I see almost like a like fractal, like kaleidoscope esque, like, you know, it's not super colorful, but you know what I mean? It's just like like flashes of light kind of. Yeah, stuff like that. something like that. It's very kaleidoscopy looking. Um, and but I it, so it's not weird to see that for me, like as I'm going to sleep. But I remember one time very vividly, not like I remember being awake, but my eyes closed but that fractal happening and then almost like a tear opening up and I was able to see clearly like to a, like it was like a park or something. I don't know. There was grass and trees. Like that's all I knew for sure. But it was the weirdest thing. Cause I felt like I didn't do it, but I felt like if I wanted to, I could like poke my head through that little rip in the fractals. And, uh, I just remember staring at it for minutes and then like being like, I should tell somebody about this. And I just opened my eyes and I started to try and talk about it. And I was like, this seems ridiculous. And I just closed my eyes again yeah. and tried to get back there and couldn't. So I don't know if I was actually dreaming and thought I wasn't, but it, it's felt like I was awake the whole time. I mean, you could be, <laughs> you know, astral projecting and you, you found yourself in a park. <laughs> you, you tore a, a hole in the space-time continuum and found yourself in a park. That's kind of what it felt like. Is like some kind of weird. I was like, is this what people are talking about when they're talking about experiencing astral projecting? Is like because the thing about it is that it was so clear. Like it was clearer than yeah. my dreams normally are. Like it looked like right. my eyes were open and I was looking through this hole. It was just, it was strange. <laughs> Dude, every like both those dreams, I'm just like. Excuse me. Um, so I, I'm a big movie guy, like movie buff guy. But I'm the first one, I could totally see Keanu Reeves playing you in that dream. <laughs> Second one is definitely a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> he just pushes his astral self through the plane and is like in two places at once. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. And then the rest of the movie is him trying to get back to his body. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, so I remember when you were doing, uh, the alt size podcast, I remember you guys did like questions. Uh, and I asked, I actually asked like what you guys would do at like an episode on, if you could do anything. And I remember you immediately were like conspiracy theories. <laughs> I would do conspiracies immediately. Uh, so I don't know. I've always wondered cause you guys never really went into it. Like, do you have any favorite conspiracy theories? Oh man! Or like ones that I have feel come like up Marlon recently. and Ginny, if they're <laughs> listening to this, they're like, "Don't get them started, man." <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> so my favorite one. Um, hold on. Love you. Be safe. That Text is a me. good husband, right there, folks. What's that? Okay, go punch a racist. <laughs> uh, yeah. My wife. By the way, are you? How are you guys doing there? Because you're in New York, yeah. Like, yeah. Where in New York are you if you want if you want to be that specific? <laughs> uh we're in Harlem. So is it like I mean it how is it there? Um honestly, so like we live in um predominantly like black neighborhood and we we've we've been we've injected ourselves into uh the melting pot, the new gentrified melting pot, but we kind of miss the wave of all the white Brooklyn people coming through. So we like, we're friendly with our neighbors. This is the first neighborhood that we've been in where, you know, we get cookies from our neighbors. We, we give cookies to our neighbors and people are just super friendly. Um, right now it's been very, very peaceful and quiet, especially cause we're on curfew. It's the quietest I've ever seen this neighborhood. How long have you guys been on curfew or is it just this past week? I think it, it started last Sunday. So just this week. And what about like, have you, I know you said you were working from home. Uh, like has COVID done anything really to, to hamper you guys other than just having to hang out at the house? Um, not really. Like we're pretty much home bodies. We get our money's worth for our insane, insane rent. Um, <laughs> dude, I love quarantine life. I'll be honest. As soon as I got the word from my day job, you're furloughed. I'm like, well, Fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to go 110% me. This is going to be a huge mental health month. And that turned into months. <laughs> but I mean, so, yeah, I just took the time to focus on me and my happiness and spend time with my wife. And how was it? Seems like it was good. <laughs> Great. I mean, you saw it. I have a cooking show now. Dude, that was amazing. Um, Anyone who's not following Sleep Terror Clothing on Instagram, please go back. I will post that too. <laughs> that <laughs> You in overalls and a straw hat was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so the thing about those, right? They're not planned. Like my wife has no idea I'm going to do this stuff. And like I don't think my brain knows I'm going to do this stuff. <laughs> Most of the time they're just like, all right, we're doing this. Every time That's you show her she's started. baking or something, like she always looks like you. It shows that you are just like spur of the moment because she just looks up at you like, and I guess you're recording now. All right. <laughs> this is some bread. I'm well, making. she's actually the one who suggests <laughs> to record it. I think it's it's like an insurance policy in case like we end up on like discovery ID. Like, <laughs> yes, John was a really ridiculous person. <laughs> Very spontaneous. <laughs> Very impulsive. Uh, 
<sighs> All right. So to the important All thing, right. though, what was your favorite conspiracy theory? Um. <laughs> Okay, so favorite conspiracy of all time is the hybrid theory of Planet X or Nibiru that would come into orbit in 2000, I think it was 2012. No, maybe that's the other one. It's been such a long time. 2009? I forgot the details. But either way, a planet would come into our solar system and fuck up our um, uh, our poles, our magnetic whatchamacallits. Mm-hmm. And the Earth would stop spinning. That's my favorite one. <laughs> and when it stopped spinning, um, the reptilian race would come down and reclaim what's theirs. So essentially, we are um, almost like slaves to this reptilian race, and that these reptilian race, this reptilian race that lives on Nibiru, um, are working with the government to basically take over the world and reclaim what's theirs. That's awesome. So we've That's just basically been like the, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever been to a pet store, but like how they have like that big cage of mice and you're like, Oh, they sell mice as pets. And you're like, no, those are going to be food. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <Are> we- <laughs> Dude, That's the best analogy ever. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> do you have any, uh, it's a ridiculous theory, right? Right. Especially because was the earth going to stop all at once? And were, were we all just going to like, was it going to be like some crazy earthquake where we all just, I don't know, fly off to well, one side. <laughs> first of all, all flat earthers would, you know, have a huge, I told you so. I mean, all round earthers would have a huge, I told you so <laughs> moment to flat earthers because I'm pretty sure if the earth stops spinning, we would go flying into whatever wall or anything, you know, close by. Like we'd be obliterated. So I don't know what the hell these reptilian guys would be coming down to like slurp up our human jamba juice. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, but this theory got so wild and this is why you should go to college, but make sure you have a real, a, a good college experience, similar to mine. And this is also the moment I realized I should not do drugs. <laughs> Um, so I lived in an art commune, um, in, um, it was called the art house, house with an umlaut. So Hoss. I love this. Already. And we were talking conspiracy theories. And there was this one guy, Luke, who was talking about Nibiru and we were stoned and drunk and he was talking about it and it just, something about it. I don't know if it was the moment it made sense in my head. I might've been doing Adderall too. So I was <laughs> super focused in what he was saying. Um, but it made sense to me, and next thing you know, I'm, uh, I was being preached at, and now I'm the preacher of this theory. And it probably didn't help that I also did acid in college, because that's when it really made a lot of sense to me. Um, my buddy and I, Alex Brown, rest <laughs> in peace. We oh, no. actually bought, um, like, put money down for a timeshare um, for a fallout shelter in North Carolina. We were paying like monthly payments. Struggling college student, that's my priority. <laughs> <laughs> I love the all inness of that. Like, uh, listen, we <laughs> groceries. No, we're gonna need this fallout shelter because it is happening. Wait, what year was it when you started the the timeshare as opposed to the uh, the countdown clock? <laughs> oh my god, dude. I'm embarrassed to say that I think I paid for it for at least three years. Three years? Like, now, 
<laughs> Did you stop before or after uh, the the clock struck zero? <laughs> well, I when it didn't happen, I was like, well, you know, what? it's an investment. You know, <laughs> you know, it could be a holiday bunker. <laughs> But then my friend passed away, and I was like, well, I don't want to be in this bunker when the world ends if he's not there, so I'm going to stop payments. Now, you say a bunker, but was it legitimately like a cargo container like buried in the ground, or was it just like a uh, – was it a timeshare like you know condo that was going to get taken out by a hurricane? <laughs> so it's not as – it like we got photos of it. I remember it was like – I don't remember how Alex found this thing. <laughs> Um, and it probably didn't help that 90% of the time in college, I was drunk, you know, <laughs> choices, people, <laughs> these are decisions. You have a choice. <laughs> um, my dog is here and she's like, dad, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody else here. Mom left. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Uh, what was your question again? <laughs> was this just like a condo or was it a shipping container oh. buried in the ground? <laughs> it was probably one of those shipping containers, but it had AC, you know? Um, it wasn't it, like, it's what I would imagine like the bunker in 10 Clo- Cloverfield being like. That's so, uh, did you ever get to visit it ever? No, but we were paying for it. Do you still have the address? Would you go and visit it? Or at least where they say no. it was? <laughs> we were giving like PayPal payments. It wasn't like an official thing. That's so <laughs> funny. So wait, were you renting space in it? Like they were like, okay, we have room for 10 people for $35 annually. You can be one of the 12 or one of the 10. <laughs> well, the way that, oh, so my friend Alex Brown did go and visit it. And I remember FaceTiming him. I was like, thank God. I thought we were being scammed. <laughs> Because I was like grilling him. I was like, dude, as as graduation's approaching, you know, I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to make these payments or I might be able to make more payments depending on my next job. Um, <laughs> but when I found out it was real, I was like, hell yeah, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, I am, but not that big of an idiot. That's so awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was real. Uh, he went to visit it because he lived closer to it. Um yeah. <laughs> so do you have any modern day conspiracy theories that you're all in on? Uh or <laughs> Dude, they're so stupid these days. It's it's so painful to to listen to like the QAnon stuff and um like Alex Jones. Um like my favorite modern day one is um the nine eleven one. You know, like as a New Yorker, um like the nine eleven one is is like the real one for me. Like the like um, golden unicorn to uh, Fox Mulder's ten seasons of X Files. So you you think it was an inside job, or you do not think it was, or maybe a combination of the um, two. I think that the actual attack is not the inside job. The inside job is the profiting that happened afterwards. And now mm. you know the whole Dick Cheney movie came out. Clearly, there's like some sort of um, like a statute of limitation for conspiracy theories before people just think it's like, Oh, ha ha. Yeah. He did so money. So do you think this COVID thing is kind of the same thing? It's going to happen in the same way. Like the, the disease or the, uh, the virus wasn't the conspiracy theory. It's just the reaction to it. No, I think the, 
the disease is is real um, because we as human beings are we are due for a pandemic and like all the the, the pieces are set for a pandemic and we have no protection against something like that. So yes, I think <laughs> COVID-19 is is not a conspiracy theory. Well, what I meant was like kind of the same way you were saying, like the the conspiracy isn't the virus. Like I think I think most people consider the virus real, but like uh, almost like they, you know, there was like a plan in place to be like, all right, the next emergency, this is how we'll immediately be able to profit off of it. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess I misheard. Yeah, um, for sure. Like there are other things going on that are just jumping on the bandwagon to facilitate whatever agenda you know, what's going on. I don't know what that agenda is, but if I was a greedy, greedy guy in politics, I would a hundred percent jump on that. Yeah. That is the, to me, that's going to be the interesting thing is like the, the next five years after we become, uh, you know, stable again and we see what was really happening while we were, you know, Hey, here's your 1200 bucks, uh, stay in your house for a little bit. Don't even trip. And, uh, whoops, we took away like <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I don't know how much more they can take away, but I'm sure they tried, tried, and we'll find out what uh, in the coming years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I didn't mean to be rude. No, no, no. You're fine. Go on the phone, but um, I swear it was important. <laughs> so I think there is, see, this is now you got my, the brain, the, the juices are flowing, and you're talking about conspiracy theories. Told myself I wasn't going to do this. Um <laughs> So I do believe that there is something going on, but it's not inherently about COVID. COVID is just the excuse for people to profit. And I do think that Mitch McConnell is one of those people. I think a lot of because, people would agree with so, you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you remember a while back when there was this huge leak of information about what companies donate to like um, politicians. Mm-hmm. I remember it, but you know, I didn't like, know the specifics. Yeah. So there's a site called Open Secrets. That sounds like such a dumb site. <laughs> Open Secrets. And it's funny to see like the companies that uh, like what companies pay which politicians. But Mitch McConnell uh, gets paid by healthcare. So of course he doesn't want to give you a stimulus check. And of course he wants you to stay sick, bruh. Yeah, that is the thing. It's like we profit so much off of all of this. Like it's... Uh, we like, you know what I mean? Like the, you know, the big, uh, big pharma profits, no yeah. matter how, no matter which way it goes, like whether we stay sick for longer or whether they are, you know, putting out the drug that's going to cost whatever it is. Cause whoever ends up footing the bill, whether it's us, like the citizens directly or whether we end up paying for it through taxes, like, I don't know. It, it just seems like there shouldn't be that much benefit to keeping us alive. Right. I mean, like universal healthcare is a great concept and countries have adopted it all over, all over the world. But the thing is America makes a lot of money on healthcare. Of course, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Come on. Well, it's like how, you know, marijuana took forever to begin to become legal and it's still not federally legal. Like it's, you know, there's, there's more, you know, everyone talks about all the money to be made off the tax of marijuana, but how much, 
you know, we already have the system in place to arrest everybody and keep them in prison and make money that way. Why would we, why would we want to change what's already working? <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of taxpayer dollars, you should look up how much of your taxes go to these prisons. I learned that one in college. That's not a conspiracy theory. As far, what do you mean? Like how, like what? Well, okay. Well, what is it? Uh, what? It, how does the percentage uh, compare to the military? I would say. Oh, I don't even know. I'm sure they're <laughs> both up there. They're like very high hanging fruit. <laughs> so the only other conspiracy I can think of recently, because we just started watching that documentary on Netflix, is the Epstein deal. The Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that is like we all knew how crazy this guy was. And we've only seen like the first episode of it. And it's I'm like tearing my eyes out of my face watching it. Like, it's so unbelievable. And even just after that one episode, I don't see anyone who was even close to on the fence of Epstein didn't kill himself. They have to know he didn't kill himself at this point. Right. <laughs> Right. Is the <laughs> and like Netflix does a really good job of like leading you a certain way. Yes. I mean, that one's like, it's very black and white, but like TV does a good job of doing that. I think it's uh, Dateline. Mm-hmm. Have you like, do you watch Dateline at all? I haven't watched it in years, but uh, I've, Beth has started wa- uh, listening to the podcast that they put out. Um, okay. And it's just, basically, I guess it's just the audio of the episode. So I have to subscribe to that, I guess. <laughs> but they like lead the, the 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 people that they're interviewing into a certain direction. They're, they'd be like, so were you suspicious? When did you become suspicious? You know, like, and he's like, yes, I'm suspicious. Well, it's like, they, like um, implant those things into your brain. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Like you were saying with Netflix, like, I think I know after we got done, I feel like the one that kicked off all these docuseries was making a murderer. And I 100%. remember, uh, yeah, after watching the first or that first season or whatever, it, I remember thinking, uh, maybe even saying to Beth, like, you know, it's, it's very easy for the documentarian to be like, all right, I think this guy didn't do it. And that's what we're going to do. Like, that's the, that's, that's the, the argument we're going to present. So that at the end of it, everyone is like up in arms, like this guy couldn't have done it. It's like, all right, well, how much did they cut out? Like, you know, they're, we know from reality TV that, you know, they have to cut all the footage together to make a narrative. Like they did the same thing with that. Like it seems cut and dry, but is it? (laughs) Dude, there's a lot of power in like the editor has the most power, really. You know, he could totally turn it in. He could have totally turned Tiger King into something completely different with all the footage that I heard he has. Well, we mentioned at the, like, after that was done, like, you know, the, the thing they focused on was, uh, what's his face, Joe Exotic, but the thing that they probably had plenty of footage of and didn't show at all was the animal abuse that was rampant there. They just showed, you know, little hints of it, but I'm sure that could have been, you know, barely about him and all about how privately owned animal, uh, or owning animals privately in that way. It shouldn't be done and should be abolished. Yeah. Like what if an editor went rogue, like a, a TV or movie editor went rogue and just started like inserting stuff 
think isn't that what's going on with the cats movie that there's like a butthole a cat butthole edit <laughs> i've heard that there is <laughs> i hope i think it's out on blu-ray already but i wish they would release all of the uh the cuts on that because wasn't the initial cut like they did such bad uh, they did such bad CG that you could see like people's watches and like parts of their shirts yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Dude, that that I watched the trailer for that. Like, not I'm like the biggest cats fan, but you know I like cats. I love cats <laughs> a lot and um, the animals. But then when I saw cat humanoids, dude, that shit is nightmare fuel. It's no good. Like it is. I I never knew what the show was. Like I just remember seeing. Uh, I remember seeing commercials for it when I was a kid. They're like, Cats on Broadway is coming to Florida. Come check it out. And I just, I don't know. I had no interest in it. And seeing that, like, just the trailer for it of seeing what it was supposed to be, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. that is a, uh, like... I feel like that is Hollywood's tone-deaf reaction to, like, there's too many reboots and there's too many sequels. Let's put out a Cats movie. (laughs) That's what the people really want. (laughs) That's what the people need right now. (laughs) (sighs) So you said you're a movie buff. Like, is your favorite movie genre horror, or is it just general? Um, Is it that obvious? I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, maybe you're like, you know what? It's two on the nose. My favorites are rom-coms. <laughs> it's actually hentai. <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sexy cartoons. No, it's, it's, it's 100% um, horror. Like bad one. Like when I say movie buff, I'm not claiming I'm a good movie buff. I love all movies. <laughs> So what is your what is your like top five you would say like well I won't say top five like what is the movie that you would just turn on like if you were like ah, I'm bored but I want to watch a movie like what's the movie you would just turn on? Oh man, um, probably Harry Potter. Really, it was just something to turn on. Yeah. Any but like which one? Anyone or just the. Uh... Or one specific? Um, any one specific. It's probably going to be Half-Blood Prince. I don't know why I like that one. I think it's just because it's so like, dark and ominously shot. Or also Deathly Hallows Part 2. That one's dope. I haven't watched the last two in so long. I need to watch those again. Uh, I know mine is like the movie I used to watch like once a month was The Matrix. Like I, I Oh, hell yeah. Dude. It's such a good movie. I I watched it like two or three weeks ago. And it's funny because I've watched it so many times that I realized it uh, up until the point to where he goes to see the Oracle and the kid shows him the spoon and there is no spoon. Like it's almost kind of slow and confusing that movie. Because I remember when I first saw it, like, you know, you see Trinity get smashed in the phone booth, but then she's gone. And you're like, what is happening? But all of a sudden, like everything, he talks to the Oracle, and then the rest of that movie is just like nonstop. I don't know. I love that movie, dude. That like that's another thing too is I'm a real sucker for trilogies or like franchises. Um, but the thing is, I'll like nitpick through them. Mm-hmm. So, take for example, Matrix. I'll watch Reloaded, and after watching that, I'll go back to the first one, and then there's no order whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> 
So are you an apologist for the uh, two and three as well? Because I am a Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 apologist. Like, people hate those movies, um, but I, I don't care. I love them still. Dude, as a fan of Kevin Costner's Waterworld, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Listen, I know how bad movies can get. There is a uh, there is a strong argument that that movie is not as bad as people like to remember it being. It's really not. Like if you think about the times, right? Like, what what year did that movie come out? Had to be like the like, late nineties, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you wonder why he blew so much money. The the whole production is on water. <laughs> <laughs> and were they like, like legit kind of on water, or were they on like set water? You know what I mean? Like, were they I on mean, like sound stages or like were they in water? Because the... <laughs> like CG, CGI wasn't like that fully good. there yet. So, like, how is that movie the shittiest movie of all time? But there are still people out there that think that, um, you know, the Spawn movie was good or that Blade was a good franchise. It is a good franchise, but I'm just saying it dwarfs in comparison to Kevin Costner's Waterworld. First of all, how dare you? John Leguizamo is a treasure and he was amazing. He made the whole movie of Spawn. So I <laughs> I rebuke everything you just said. It wasn't not Martin Sheen and his crazy dyed hair. <laughs> I am Dude, just funny thing about Spawn. Yes. I actually was trying to find um so I used to collect Spawn toys. That's awesome. Um, like I had a, what's his name? Melabolgia. I think that's his name. The, the fucking demon boss. Dude. Like, <laughs> like toys back then were so cool. Those like, like um, was it Todd McFarlane? Was it, did he actually like create those as well? Like the molds yeah, or whatever? Did. And dude, I remember seeing those in Spencer's gifts and being like, wow, is this what toys were always supposed to be when I was a kid? <laughs> dude, that's what I'm talking about. Like I used to have a, um, a Jurassic. Oh, there's another one. Fuck you, Harry Potter. Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's the one that I can put on and just zone out. You know, yep. mindless movies is what I'm all about. Um, but I used to own a T-Rex um, from Jurassic Park 1. Um, Dad got it for me at Toys R Us. And this thing looks so legit. Like, it had the silicone skin. It roared. The mouth moved. Like, the details of this toy were chef's kiss. Great. <laughs> and... Um, you see these toys now that are like, they're just trash. Yeah. Even, I don't know. It's stupid, but even the, uh, like the McDonald's toys, like it's, I remember when I was a kid, like I had, when I was a kid, they had, I think it was like the eighties transformer, like, you know, the animated transformer movie came out and or at least I imagine this is why, but they had like a chicken nugget. They had like a soda, all these things that were little mini transformers that you, they looked like, dude, a I thing remember and that. You get, dude, and you don't have, now it's just like, all right, here's a, here's a piece of paper with some stickers on it. Enjoy your apple slices, idiot. Get out of here. <laughs> dude, we need to make happy meals happy again. Make happy meals happy again. <laughs> like we can't even have toys in our kinder eggs anymore. Damn it. Well, because we, uh, as a collective are stupid. Cause we're like, well, it's a chocolate egg. Let me just shove it right in my mouth. It must be, uh, <laughs> it must just be rice Krispies in there. That's why it's so hard. <laughs> well, I think this is like, and I'm not saying America's stupid, but they were a little challenged because in the rest of the world, they still have the original kinder egg. Because you know what? It's not that you just bite into the chocolate and there's that milk 
weird coating on the inside. There's a capsule in there <laughs> that is shaped like an egg. Uh-huh. <laughs> so maybe you're right. Kids were just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna sh- I'm just gonna deep throat this egg. So delicious. Oh my god, the middle tastes weird, but the outside is so good. I'll just bite on it until I I guess choke to death. <laughs> yeah, for a for a, a country that's promoting freedom, I want I want the freedom to choke on, on an egg. <laughs> My choice, damn it. I want full... You know, Did you know this? Okay, I maybe this is a well-known fact, but I didn't realize this. Did you know that, like, no chewing gum has sugar in it anymore? Like, legit... Like, it's that all... That explains why I shit my pants. Dude, it's... It's just not... It's not right. Like, I couldn't believe it, because I was no, like... that is not cool. It's wrong. It's <laughs> just wrong. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at your background, and I think I see a skull back there. Do you? I, I've been. I want. I've wanted to ask you about yeah, this. All kinds of weird stuff over there. Because I've seen you posting about it more, a little more on Instagram. Like, do you? Are you legit into taxidermy? Because I've seen like. Uh, here. <laughs> yes, I am. Dude, I love it. That's Herschel, <laughs> and I think her name is Laureen. <laughs> and. Yeah, that's my whole shelf of weird stuff. Dude, like... It's funny, because I actually get that question a lot, um, like, in my DMs, mm -hmm. about, like, are you actually into the occult? Are you actually into this weird stuff? And I'm like, bitch, go back (laughs) to my timeline from 2012 and check out how fucking weird I am. (laughs) Yes, I am that weird. So wait, did you go full on seances in Ouija boards or uh, what was your, when you say full weird, like, what do you mean? So I I like to consider myself like a voyeur of like weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. A Ripley's Believe It or Not of weird stuff. Yeah. Like it's a combination (laughs) of like, I appreciate the dark aesthetics and like this, my inner Fox Mulder, you know, I want to believe kind of stuff. Like it's just fun stuff. The same thing with like role play games, you know what I mean, or video games. Dude, it's cool. Like it is cool. Like there's a reason why when people start saying "Eye of Newt" and "Tongue of Frog," that everyone's like, "All right, what's going on over there?" Like <laughs> you're just interested immediately. But like, so when, yeah. So do you do you just collect taxidermy, or have you ever actually done it yourself? Oh, I've never done it myself. Um, but um, I just like collecting weird stuff. What would you say like, is, like, the um, so, weirdest thing you have, the thing that you're, like, you look at and you're, like, why did I even buy this? <laughs> uh, that's an easy pick for me. <laughs> it's probably this. What? <laughs> you, but where did it, what is its story? <laughs> for anyone um, just listening, it is a doll head with, a disembodied doll head with no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, the story behind it is so my the, sl- the sleep terror clothing warehouse is in Midtown mm-hmm. um, and uh, a block away from there every Sunday there is a uh, like a flea market like people from New Jersey Connecticut come down and they just like barter and trade weird stuff and oddities uh, there's this one booth that I love the most it's just a booth of doll parts <laughs> And like the guy has like his booth is like immaculate, 
like he'll have bins of legs, torsos, <laughs> hands, heads, and it's 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 like going to a fish market and just <laughs> checking out you know the fish. Uh, have you ever tried to just like how often did you say this happens? Once a month or once every other week? Oh, it's every Sunday. Every so Sunday, this guy. <laughs> Yeah, guy is not in short supply of doll heads, dude. So, have you ever tried to piece together a whole doll out of just to eat random bins? <laughs> oh, like a Frankenstein one? That'd yeah. be pretty cool. When I, dude, the thing now though is like if I was if I was still single, my house would be it. It would look insane. Um, <laughs> my wife definitely like has put something in my brain where it's like, John, do you need to buy that? Because I have this like weird raccoon occult thing where it's like, oh my god, is that a fucking black mirror? <laughs> Summon demons? I need that. <laughs> I see you buying like an ornate Ouija board. It's like this was the last. What are those? What is it called? The little mover thing? What is that called? With the little eyeglass or the spyglass on top? The planchette. Yes. Like it was the last one made out of rhino ivory. Like <laughs> that would be nice. your Ouija board. <laughs> No, I'm a, I'm a pretty I'm a purist. I want the whatever the the brothers who made the original game, like the Parker I, Brothers. I like to just like what's that? Wasn't it the Parker Brothers? Like, because wasn't that a like? I think like, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the game board. I I would I like the original one, but funny enough, I am buying um, a Ouija board <laughs> and a um, <laughs> and a, a pentagram altar. Not for any of that stuff. It's for a photo shoot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're just keeping it afterwards for, you know, storage purposes. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, I don't really like, I don't believe in the stuff per se. Um, like my reasonings for like reading about the occult is um, there's a lot of, so occult means hidden knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like a ticket to being spiritual without religion or without the church it's literally you and your relationship with whatever higher being you want to um have in your life um and the end goal is just to like to be the best you that you can be and um find happiness so do you see yourself relating to any religious figures or are you just kind of general no i'm like i'm a switzerland with uh <laughs> with uh that kind of stuff like it's easy for me to say like, oh, Satan's cool. But um, like for a long time, I actually thought to myself like, <clears throat> sorry, she heard we're talking about <laughs> Satan. She's like, I want to join. <laughs> um, but for a long time, I was like one of those kids was like, oh, I hate God. No gods, no masters, blah, blah, blah. But then if you like, if people who are a fan of like these occult brands, you see that they are like really anti-God and it doesn't make sense because you have like, satan satanic shirts and baphomet shirts like bro that dude doesn't exist if god doesn't exist same thing that god is if if god is real that means that satan's real kind of thing so yeah these brands are just like very hypocritical about like what parts they want to actually adopt and they just use occult for like seo reasons it's so funny too because i don't know the complete story of it but i think it's it's mark from the Bible, like he is, so you know how you always see, you know, the, uh, the eternal symbol of, you know, I'm anti-God is the upside down cross. Uh, well, I th I'm pretty sure, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, that it was Mark 
that when he was being crucified, he was like, I can't be crucified the same way Jesus was. Like he, that right. was him showing reverence <laughs> to Jesus. And now it's used as that's, like anti-Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's like the main reason, like, um, like I'll admit an upside down cross is very aesthetically pleasing. Um, for someone who is into that, like, you know, alternative lifestyle, mm-hmm. like I've used it a bunch of times. It's cool. Um, you know, it's, I guess you can say it's like you're pandering to your audience. I think it's like an easy shorthand cool. now. Like, you know what I mean? Like what that it's become like an easy shorthand to be like, yeah. You know, as if there aren't enough pentagram <laughs> shirts around, but my wife is the one who actually told me that. And I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I need to like go down. Like I need to do some reading on my own and, and figure this thing out. But so now it's just become like a journey of um, just understanding this weird stuff. And most of it just sounds like the ramblings of a mad person. <laughs> what the what you've been reading or just uh, everything in general? <laughs> oh, just like um, a lot of occult like uh, belief systems and stuff like that. Like if you try like. If you try and read um, Aleister Crowley's Book of Law, mm-hmm. that shit is bonkers. <laughs> So is that the crate? Like, what is like the? I guess kind of like the upside down cross thing. Like, what's the most interesting thing that you've come across that you that was kind of unexpected to you? Um, I guess that I didn't realize that Reagan was really big into uh, certain occult teachings. Like, um, I didn't realize that he was really, really big into astrology. Yeah, because didn't That's wasn't one. his wife trying to like uh, get in touch with him for years after he died? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, but I think they both were into it. Like that, but well, it's the same reason like people go to church. You know, if like this is what like I wouldn't say keep like this is gonna sound bad, <clears throat> but you know, some people use religion um, to like find let's say enlightenment for a lack of better term, right? And some people use it as a crutch. And some people use it um, as a weapon, like they weaponize God in a way to do their to use him as like, you know, he vouches for my bad behavior. Right. So my goal, because I was never a religious person, um, my goal now is can I find like, can I have faith or spiritual spirituality without any of these exterior things? Can I find it on my own? That was like a big thing for for this uh actually like reading some of the text and how has that journey gone so far um slow just because work is interfering with my with my mental health <laughs> well i think that's, that, that's what i think of it as it's like a mental health thing and i think that's actually good like it should go slow like it's because it's very easy to you know like you said, it's very easy to weaponize something like any part of the Bible by taking one part of it out and being like, this is my justification for hating or loving or whatever it is. And I don't know, like it's people all the time will. I don't know. I, I thought I had a, a coherent thought on this and I'm realizing that I don't. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think people will. Just as many people will ignore the parts of the Bible that people will weaponize. Does that make sense? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, pick like, and choose. People pick and choose. They pick and choose in both directions. Thank you for helping me say my thought. They pick and choose in both I directions. Got you, bro. <laughs> because you can, 
you can do it both ways. Like you can just decide to take all the good and be like, well, I want to be a good God fearing person who is nice to everybody. And then there are the people that are like, well, the way I've interpreted it is <laughs> the, this specific yeah. group of people shouldn't exist anymore because the Bible said so. And you're like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> like if you think of like, um, again, not bashing any religion, but you know, certain religions, they, they, um, they use those teachings to kind of uh, like undermine other belief systems. And it, it's like, aren't we all supposed to be in this together? Yeah. Right. Like, isn't the whole purpose of like going to church to be a better person, you know, to be the best you that you can be. I think it's weird that and people just, are afraid of digital singularity, but theoretically, like if you want to go to heaven, like that's kind of what you're doing, right? Like you want to be right. part of that singularity. So I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe downloading our consciousness into the cloud is the uh, the end goal we always wanted the whole time. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Johnny Depp movie? What is it? Um, yes. It's where I, he uploads himself into the internet. <laughs> yes, and immediately goes evil. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that See, like, is those type of movies. They sh- they should put a warning in there. Not even just like a PG thirteen rating, but like. Like some sort of criteria. Like if you believe that 5G kills people, do not watch this movie. You are not allowed into this theater. Cannot download this. If you think that tilapia is man-made, do not watch this. You cannot, you're not allowed. I mean, there is an argument to, you know, a tilapia patty. It could be made of many tilapias, you know, all smushed together. (laughs) Right. But like, okay. So here's. By the way, I've never heard the tilapia thing. (laughs) What's that? I've never heard the tilapia thing ever. <laughs> Dude, up until coronavirus, like, I wish someone had just put me in a coma, okay? Or cryo froze me until, like, 2040 when all this is over and everything is great, you know? And and uh, Baron Trump is president. <laughs> um, because some of the stuff that I've learned, because now, like, whenever there's a crisis, like a national or worldwide crisis, all the crazies come out. It's like summer for the crazies. And the tilapia thing is is one of the crazy things I heard. There's a guy on Facebook spe- like just <laughs> spewing that human beings are not supposed to eat carrots and broccoli. They're bad for you. <laughs> it's just like my brain is on overload. Uh, that I'm like forced to actually watch the real news. Engage, yeah. <laughs> but like you know hundred percent that the person who's talking about that tilapia theory that like tilapia is fake um man-made you know that person gobbles down hot dogs like kobayashi <laughs> kobayashi oh yeah that is the, I, <laughs> I was thinking the kobayashi maru from star trek i was like wait i don't get it but that guy isn't he like the nathan's hot dog champion his name is kobayashi yeah. right yeah <laughs> but He's like go ahead so no, you go ahead. No, all no, I was going to say is I'm the, yeah, I am the, even though I don't believe in the 5G uh, conspiracy, like I am the guy that still shouldn't go see the movie anyway, because I'm the one that's like, I am the perfect amount of dumb to like, you know, those people after the sixth sense came out, they left the movie theater and was like, I knew it the whole time he was dead. I knew it from the first scene. Like I had no idea. Like even as they were showing like all the red doorknobs and stuff, it wasn't until like the last red item. And then the kid's like, 
you're dead. I was like, oh, he was dead the whole time. Like, <laughs> But like, would you really like, would you want to be friends with that person who said I knew the whole time? <laughs> Maybe if they actually knew, because I feel like yeah. the majority of those people didn't know. They just didn't want to feel stupid when they <laughs> when they left. <laughs> I wonder what those people grew up to become. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Probably, probably, uh, I don't know, money managers. <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, they just go on Reddit to spoil movies. Oh, my God. How about the people that did that? Like after the, what was it? Was it the first or the second Star Wars? Avenger? Oh. That too. Like they, they just walk past and are like, Han Solo died. Thanos was alive for a second and then they cut off his head. Like, why would you, why? <laughs> I hate that. Some people just want to watch the world burn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Batman lives at the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I say, though, speaking on mo- those movies for a second, what do you feel about uh, any kind of prequel? Because I've always had a long-standing thing of like hating the TV show Gotham because there's no stakes in it ever. You're like, no one's. We all know who's not going to die, and all the people we've never right. heard of, like they're going to die because <laughs> we've never heard of them. <laughs> Prequels, like TV shows or movies? Both. Like, were you a fan um, of any? Like, pre- is there any? Because the only prequels I can think movies I can think of are. Uh, the Star Wars prequels, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I guess technically, I didn't they like do a purge? <laughs> no? <laughs> like, you never liked them? Or, uh... <laughs> I liked them when I was a kid, for sure. Um, but then as, like, I got older, and I just couldn't stand Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Those are the prequels, right? Yes. Hayden yeah. was in the first, or the second two prequels, episode two and three. But he's. I just got back into Star Wars, so forgive me for being a noob. No, not at all. Wait, so where where was your entry point back in? Was it The Force Awakens or was it The Mandalorian? Well, I got really sick with the flu two years ago, and I um I just plowed through all of them. Oh, really? Minus Chris, uh, Hayden Christensen's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so wait, I what... did the same thing with Rocky as well. Okay, well, what did you? How do you feel about Rocky? Um, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't, I, I just thought it was entertainment. And now I like that movie is that like one to three are amazing movies. Like, um, there's like one, um, there's that one quote where he's talking to his son in the third movie about like, when you like get beat, it's, it's not about how hard you can take the punches. It's about like, um, I'm butchering the quote. <laughs> it's about like getting knocked down and getting back up. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank God I could hear what Stallone's saying. That was beautiful. And didn't he write those movies too? Or was it just the first one? Well, that's the thing too. I, I, for the longest time, I always thought that he was just like an actor in that movie. I didn't know that that like was his movie out of like, you know, whatever life he was living before. Because I've always been, I like I was okay with the first one and been staunchly against all of the other ones. Uh, but ever since uh, what was it, Creed? The two Creed movies came out. Like we watched those, and those were really good. And I think I'm gonna have to relent and go back and like actually give the other Rockies a chance. <laughs> but yeah, prequel wise, Creed is great. I haven't watched the new one. Um, there is one prequel that I really, really like, and that people really hate. Is uh, Prometheus? 
Ooh, I haven't seen that, but I I didn't realize people hated that. I don't know about you, but I'm always I'm always way more interested in something when a majority of people hate it because I just want to know why or if I already like it. Like the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, that was probably where my love affair with John Leguizamo started uh, because I, I see a theme going on. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. Like I had it on VHS when I was a kid, and I watched that thing until the VHS basically broke. Like I love that movie. I own that on VHS too, and I love that movie as well. Um, doesn't Dennis Hopper play King Koopa? He certainly does. <laughs> yeah, that movie is awesome. That movie is awesome, and it's got. I, I've heard the lore. It has been a long time, but apparently, it was hell to make. It was hell to. It was hell post production. Like everything about it, like people knew from day one, it was going to be terrible. <laughs> but I yeah, loved but, it. Like, do you, Oh, you go first. No, no, no. I was just going to say, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I even liked the Street Fighter movie. I thought that was badass. Dude, anything where you can get, uh, what is it, Jean-Claude Van Damme giving a, spe- giving a pep talk speech, uh, we need that. <laughs> we need that <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> but, like, so with uh, Super Smash Bros. and Super Mario Brothers in that movie, I will refuse to watch them just to- so that I don't tarnish that movie. Because, like, what if I watch it now and I hate it? Yep. I feel the same way. It's funny because whenever I think of Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the thing, the first scene that always comes in is that little wind-up bomb that he had mm-hmm. that was, like, walking through the little mushrooms and stuff. Because I remember I was, like, so stoked that they had a little bomb And I was, like, I remember even as a kid thinking, like, that's small enough to be like a toy. I might be able to get one of those. And then it's like walking through mushrooms. And I was like, it's mushrooms like the game. He could eat them and get big. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, kids these days don't know how good they have it. Like with the Marvel movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Because like that, it's like one for one. It's no longer like for us, they weren't like covers. They were interpretations of video games yes. or comic books. Now they have like one to one exact covers pretty much. Well, I'll say comic book movies always suffered for a long time. Or sorry, video game to movies always suffered that for a long time. And even though I never played any like I had nothing Pokemon like missed me by like five years. Like I was just never into Pokemon at all. But I watched a Detective Pikachu and I love that movie. Like, it was really good. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. It's really good, and I've heard, too, that uh, even the Sonic movie was really good as well. Like, and I don't know if that's just a, a riff on what the games are or not, but I've heard it's great. <laughs> See, like, even with that one, they were like, Oh, his teeth! He's not like that in the, in the video game! <laughs> Uh, and if the, by the way, they should put that Sonic right next to the Toad from Super Mario Brothers, the movie. <laughs> like what? Just a spiral haircut? Is that supposed to be his yeah. like mushroom head? Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. So, John, what else do you have going on today? Anything? Um, just a bunch of uh, designs I'm working on. So what, oh, just fucking around. That's what I was going to ask you. So what this might could be a big or small question, I don't know. But like anyone who did want to start a clothing company, like is there any 
advice you would give someone to like if they were starting from zero? And uh, I guess the second part of that question would be like, where do you where do you see your line going in the future? Um, for anyone who wants to start their own clothing brand, I would say make sure you do the research. Um, like people always think of the like t-shirt making business or owning a brand is like, oh, cool designs. But there's so much stuff that goes on in the background. Like you have to separate the art from the business side. And I didn't do that in the beginning. I literally thought that if I build it, they will come kind of thing. And this is in a, in a realm before people were able to monetize social media mm -hmm. because social media before was just like a free for all. It was huge and it was free marketing. Now, Social media is a pay-to-play kind of thing. Um, I would say do your research, build rapport and relationships with suppliers to print your shirts. There are tons of DTG printing companies these days. <clears throat> that was a big burp. <laughs> um, uh, Direct-to-garment printing, that's DTG. But um, like I grew up like idolizing brands like Rebel 8, Johnny Cupcakes, um, like streetwear brands, and they all had a story. And I was like, it's important for my brand to have a story. That was my, my, my whole thing, and that's where the sleep paralysis thing came, came about. Um, like, it's important that you have, like, some sort, of, some sort of vision. Like, you can stray away from it, but just make sure that what you're doing is branded and is 100% you because your fans will – no, or people who look at your brand will know that you're being inauthentic. Oh, and save as much money as possible and don't spend money on useless shit. Buddy. <laughs> That's just good. That's just a good tip anyway. <laughs> but so where do you see, like, in your dream scenario, like, where do you see uh, Sleep Terror going? Like, would you stay just shirts and hats or would you branch out or what? Um, It's funny you say that. And I was actually going to bring it up, but I was like, do I tell him? Do I don't tell him? <laughs> so I actually have a line of uh, beard oil coming out like sometime like end of summer. It's a uh, um, I'm prototyping them now. It's a line of three fragrances. Um, yeah. Dude, beard oil. That's awesome. And I can tell you right now, I'm already all in. Like as by the way, to everyone just listening and not watching on YouTube, John has the mustache of a champion, and uh, he has maintained that mustache for ever since I've known of him. And so when he talks about beard oil, like that is exactly it. You're like, all right, you got to be 100% in on what you are trying to get to the people, and John is all in. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm also growing out this sick embarrassingly awkward beard listen you got to start somewhere like you can't just uh you know just grow one of these uh, uh overnight <laughs> well I was, so i was watching your um your uh youtube video with um chris from uh no offense right mm -hmm. and i was like damn dj has a really <laughs> fucking beautiful beard that is a beautiful man right there <laughs> i really appreciate that <laughs> not saying that chris isn't a beautiful man he is also beautiful in his beautiful office. I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah. Not, listen, we're all jealous. No, maybe no one will admit to it, but I'm going to admit to it for everybody. We are all jealous of your taxidermy, especially the, the two. Wait, 
Was it is the are the two deer are they both bucks or is one a doe? <laughs> um, one is a doe and the other one is a buck. That I personally guy over there. <laughs> oh, where is he? I was gonna say I personally am jealous of those. <laughs> Dude, it was a steal. My wife and I we used to go to um this oddities and curiosities uh, fair in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they used to hold it in this place called Brooklyn Night Bazaar which is now um, no longer. But that's where like all these punk bands and hardcore bands played. Sorry, I thought I lost my, my wife's wedding ring. <laughs> she left without it? <laughs> that's how my mind works. Well, she's going to a rally, and she didn't want to have it on mm. her, you know? That's probably smart. Because this thing is, like, gigantic. <laughs> Flash uh. the bling. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh, the- yeah, taxidermy stuff again. Yes. Um, but we we got him. He was eight hundred dollars. But the person who was um, selling it told us that the guy who shot the buck abandoned it. So she just was sitting on it, and she has now lost money on on the deer. And my wife was like, um, "I'm going to buy it." So two hundred bucks, and we're holding this thing on the train. And I feel like an idiot because so my wife likes taxidermy too. And she went off and bought the buck. I went and spent four hundred dollars on that doll head. <laughs> no, <laughs> on this. <laughs> Wait, what? There's scarab beetles. Are they real? And a crystal. They are real, yeah. right? Please, okay, <laughs> dude. That's amazing. Like. See, and that's why I can understand getting into taxidermy is because that is incredible. Like, the fact that someone had the patience to set those bugs like that uh, is kind of amazing. Like, I don't under, I don't have yep. that in me. <laughs> so, typically I'm not allowed to have bugs in the house or any type of creepy crawlies, but we made an even trade. Herschel <laughs> over here for my fucking ridiculous bugs. Have you named your bugs, though? <laughs> Um, they're all Brandon Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if they are not Emotep or something, then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Okay. So I got to know, uh, when is the beard oil launching? Um, it's going to be probably like June, July, maybe July. I'm trying to get it before no shave. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got gotcha. so. <laughs> But it's like a little up in the air right now Um, because like with COVID going on, Mm -hmm. I'm like waiting on stuff. But yeah. And is it going to be just um, go ahead? Oh, no, you go. No, I was just asking if it was just going to be straight up the called just sleep terror beard oil. Oh, no, it's actually going to be called Leviathan Cross. Leviathan Cross. Tell me, what does that mean? Yeah. So Leviathan Cross is... um, the uh sigil for um for satan <laughs> already starting to sound like a kooky person it's an upside down cross uh <laughs> oh no it's it's um it's it's the sigil where it's like let me try and it's the stick with the two lines here and then like an eight symbol on the bottom that's yes. the leviathan cross i do know what you're talking about i like yeah. to think of it as like the rib penis with giant balls <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it's, it, you, we'll, we'll, we will look at it and think virility. 
Like if I put this on my yeah. face, I will be a virile man. Well, I mean, <laughs> it is it is like specifically targeted to dudes. But okay, to be inclusive, I saw a trans woman with the biggest beard, <laughs> and uh, sorry, trans man um, with the the biggest beard, and I was like, holy shit! Like <laughs> that's really really impressive. I think she's on my short list of influencers. Oh really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, she also had a sick mustache as well. I forgot her name. But, yeah, the line's going to be called Leviathan Cross. I thought it was very fitting. Um, I don't typically put a lot of satanic imagery in my stuff, but Satan is cool, um, <laughs> in my eyes at least. Um, but it's three, um, it's three fragrances, and they're actually the uh, – it's called the – I think it's called the Prima Tria of alchemy. It's sulfur, salt, and mercury, and they're all – um, supposedly what make up the fire and brimstone of hell. That is very good. I like that a lot. <laughs> Doesn't that just want make you want to put that stuff on your face? <laughs> I mean, listen, you're right. You, like you said it, like you need a good story and that's like everything fits together perfectly. So I don't know. I think it's going to do well. <laughs> I know but, I will be signed yeah, up for I, it. <laughs> well, I was actually going to give you all three of them for free anyway. Listen, I'm paying you for them, but <laughs> cuz I was like, yo. Cuz like you and you tagged me in that Instagram post and I was like, that's so funny cuz like you were you're also on the list, the short list of people I was going to send like care packages for the beard oil. I have a I have a I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I know like the the oil I use now, like I use it in my hair as well. Like I don't use I like I just wash my hair and I use that oil kind of like conditioner. You know what I mean? So right. I don't know. I, I I'm down with beard oil, so <laughs> I'm nice. excited. What to kind see of beard this. oil do you use now? Uh, it's called. God dang it! What is it called? I've used it for so long that I just I basically just have it scheduled to come from Amazon, and I can't remember the name of it. It's wait. If you would be so kind as to give me a moment, I will tell you because it's on Amazon. Oh, somebody called me. <laughs> Oh, so you do the um, like the subscription thing? Yeah, I I sort of do it for that. Or do you have like a button for it? A button. <laughs> like I just no know. way you have a button. The, well, not the physical button because it lets you like put buttons on the app too. <laughs> oh, because like I I almost bought a button for my pomade, um, but you know, COVID happened and I'm just growing out this sick mullet. <laughs> Uh, I think it's called like Wild Willies or something. I don't know. Oh, here it is. Boss Man Beard Oil. See? Oh, <laughs> where'd Wild Willie come from? <laughs> well, there is a Wild Willie. Uh, I think it's either like a pomade or a, or an oil as well. But whoever I did, nice. what was that person? Boss Man, you're out of here. <laughs> it's only Leviathan Cross <laughs> from here on out. But like I was at work and and I was trying to see if there were any other type of um, uh, like alternative um, like men's products mm-hmm. and like you'd be surprised there's like not much there's like there obviously there's like Viking stuff and people with like runes um, branded as Viking Viking blood or whatever <laughs> but in terms of like the Satanist area it's pretty sparse sparse sparse. More words. <laughs> you will be the official beard oil of goth kids across America. <laughs> and if they didn't have beards, they will grow it. <laughs> the funny story behind how I 
um, came up with uh, like making beard oil is actually like the stress of being at home and like the state of the world had gotten me in such a panic that I actually developed a bald spot right here on my mustache. Oh my goodness. And like, I'm sure you can sympathize. Like what would you do if you like all of a sudden, like on your chin, it just like disappeared. Just a bald spot on your face suddenly where it wasn't. Yeah. I'd freak out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like freaking out. Um, and I was like, even at the point of looking at minoxidil, like Rogaine for my face. And then I was reading about like, and I have no idea how dudes, like I applaud dudes that put it on their face. I have no idea how they put that shit on. Cause I was reading the warnings and it's like risk of heart attack. Oof. Um, fucking whatever the syndrome is for a, a, a limp penis. <laughs> um, what is it? Erectile, Erectile dysfunction. dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like mine better. <laughs> and the, the, another thing was like, we'll trigger at, we'll trigger asthma, and I have asthma, oh and I'm putting God. it right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up some DIY thing um, on uh, on those like super reliable beard forums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and someone was suggesting peppermint oil, and so I bought all the carrier oils. And um, I was like talking to my wife about making this stuff and it clicked in my head. I was like, did I just make beard oil? <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> and I put it on my face and it, it smelled great. And clearly bald spots gone. Yeah. So wait, so are you, uh, are you just like hand making this beard oil and just bottling it and shipping it out? Or are you having someone do it? Um, so the thing about sleep terror is I'm a hundred percent DIY. That's just how I, I, I'm like the biggest micromanager. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can, I can, it's all going to yeah. be made by me. <laughs> I just imagine you over a cauldron with a big wooden spoon. <laughs> nope. It's just me and my <laughs> iodine and my, my giant pail of water. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Yes. So you, on your, um, I think it was the episode with Chris. Well, two things. Um, I want to know how the pool business is going and uh, like what yes. goes into that. Because I feel like you're asking me a lot of questions. And I feel like no one asks you the questions. <laughs> and now I want to give you that chance. All right. <laughs> so the two-part question is, um, why do you think the, the pool like biz is going so well right now? And then the second one is, what have you and Bethany been doing um, at home if you do get to like have some time off? So the pool business has been booming like crazy because or at least in my area, because uh, every all the pools like the community pools being closed and people being trapped at their house with their kids that they realized they didn't like as much as they thought they did. Uh, they need something for them to do. And I would say the majority of the new customers that we've had, uh, that's been their thing. They're like, we've been waiting and everything was closed and we don't if this happens again, we don't want to be stuck. Uh, without being able to at least go to the pool. We live in Florida. We need to be in a body of water for whatever reason. Right. Uh, so it's been... We need to drown our kids, damn it. Yeah, we need to... Yeah, by the way, no one thinks about that. They're just like, we need to get this water in. And then whenever we go to do our like final inspections, they will inevitably complain. They're like, do we have to have an alarm on every window and door? It's like, hey, man. Do you love your kids at all or no? Because they're going to die. Like, do they need to be there? 
Yeah, they'll say that. They'll, they, I cannot tell you how many people are like, after we get that final inspection, uh, can we just take them off? And you're like, listen, I don't know what you do after we're gone, so I don't know. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> and as far as Beth and like, we have not. I mean, it's kind of been everything has been super normal for us because we've both been able. Neither uh, neither of us have had to work from home at all. Um, and you know, it's kind of been business as usual for us. Like we, you know, anytime we have long weekends or whatever, like, you know, we'll always be like, I think we're going to, you know what? It's been more than uh, 72 hours. I think we should have at least one argument, <laughs> but other than that, like it's, uh, I don't know, like we get along, we've always gotten along very well and we just, I don't know, like being together. So we kind of are, I don't know, we haven't, been, I don't know that we've necessarily been doing anything different, but uh, we've always enjoyed each other's company anyway. So it's, it's been, if anything, we were, you know, however this sounds, whatever, but we were almost kind of disappointed that we didn't get sent home for like a couple weeks because we kind of were looking forward to like, oh, we'll get some stuff done around the house. Maybe we'll record a couple extra podcasts. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, and then, yeah. no, <laughs> none of that. So I, I don't understand why, like, I obviously understand like the point of view from people of kids. Thank God I don't have kids. <laughs> I feel like you said that in one of your episodes too, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm with you, man. Like, think about the homeschooling. Dude, it's, like, yeah. Welcome to John's uh, movie class. Today, we'll just be showing you all the Nick Cage movies <laughs> from 2009. All 20 of them. <laughs> Dude, your kids are going to be the ones that all the other kids are going to be like, can we go over to your house and see all your dad's stuff? What is going on over there? <laughs> or my kid's going to get bullied as fuck. <laughs> I don't think we're going to... And I'm going to have to like show up at the bar <laughs> barbecue and like strangle Tim in his New Balance shoes. With your self-care hat on. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want me to fucking curse you, bro? I will curse you and your wife tonight. I got... A, a couple strands of your hair. <laughs> I got the original Parker Brothers Ouija board. It is on. <laughs> no, like, I have this, like... People... I feel like I'm going to get called like if any of your listeners are, um, you know, in social work, they're going to call like child services even before my fucking spawn is out. But I have this thing. So I'm Chinese, but I, I want to do a deep, um, like a deep con with my kid and convince him that our family is actually Japanese. Okay. Up until like she, she, we are convinced it's going to be a she, mm -hmm. um, because my wife doesn't want a boy. Uh, but the deep con is that she's, I'm going to speak to her like I'm from Japan. Like a samurai kind of thing. <laughs> Until she's like 15. And then we're going to drop the ball on her and tell her, JK, bro, I'm actually American. Uh, American <laughs> first, Chinese second. Your whole life is a lie. Go out into the world, do good. When my, when my, one of my buddies, when he had his first daughter, uh, my, and I can't remember if I ripped this off of somebody or not, but it was just happened to be perfect timing. I was like, cause you know how that you can get those, uh, age progression photos. They're like, this girl was, you know, kidnapped at age three. This is what she would look like today. Like my big plan was to be like, wait till, you know, his kid was like two or three 
do the age progression thing, and then just have that framed picture up on the mantle and not really ever explain, like, if who is that? Like, ah, oh, it's one of your relatives. And then, like, slowly grow into that person and be like, what is happening? And do some kind of, like, I don't know. Like, I think my end goal was, like, tell her she was a time traveler or something. <laughs> <laughs> You'd mess up that kid so much because, like, what if you were like, that could have been you. What happened? <laughs> that person actually defeated Donald Trump in the in the next presidential race. What happened? <laughs> Where did you go wrong? <laughs> uh, and that's it. So right, you can like what? No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say like because like we program like we program our kids like all all the time. So I wonder what kind of psychological damage both those things would do. It would probably be in the neighborhood. That sounded really maniacal, but I meant I really genuinely meant it. No, and anyone who takes that maniacally should reevaluate themselves and uh, think about how old they were when they found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Because if that's Dude. not a huge mental manipulation, I don't know what is. <laughs> I thought Santa Claus was Asian for the longest time, and he looked kind of like my dad. Is that real? Really? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Thank God we never had like a um, like our parents present because I would have been like, yeah, my dad works in trade and he moonlights as Santa. It's true. <laughs> I don't know how he gets to my house like on time every single time. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think if you're OK with telling your kid there's a Santa, then there should be also room for other mental manipulation that you're just like, just kidding. Now you're old enough to know that this is the truth. <laughs> yeah. You're not a time traveler this... or a uh, Japanese. <laughs> Although like, so I have a friend <clears throat> who I actually met at a, um, at the Coney Island beard and mustache competition. Um, he had just moved to New York. His name's Max. So we're like getting to know each other. And then I find out that he's a physicist. So my dick is feeling real small in this conversation because I'm like, I'm probably the dumbest person, you know. <laughs> and he's like talking to me about his, his, um, his girlfriend who's a teacher and they were in like Antarctica doing a research project. And I'm like, cool. I just clipped my toenail last night. That's <laughs> as exciting as what I did recently. One shot all the way <laughs> but, across the room. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could tell me like how it projected like that the physics of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he like as our friendship has grown he's he told me the main reason he got into physics is because of time travel so maybe you should push this on your friend's kid because i like i'm a little biased but i'm really rooting for my friend max to uh figure out time travel what has he what has he concluded up to this point <laughs> well we haven't gotten like that in depth yet mm -hmm. because like knowing me and I've done it a bunch of times on this podcast already. Like I will take something like we could be talking about chickpeas and I'll take it to the next level. Like there is no in between. It's either I'm like not about it or I'm going all in. Yep. You know, <laughs> I ain't giving you the tip, bro. It's the full <laughs> package. All or nothing. Uh, so I want time travel to be real so badly. Uh, and I want this guy. So, okay. 
are you ever going to, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but are you, are you going to venture off and do a podcast finally so we get to hear your voice on the airway, airwaves again? Or is the alt sides, is the band ever getting back together? Uh, what's, uh, I mean, you don't have to get into any detail you don't want to, but I do legitimately miss that show because that was a weird like I didn't know that I needed that in my life until it was there because that was like a, a genre of music that I just was never it just never hit me so I just never really knew anything about it and I got to be exposed to a lot of new music that I didn't think I would ever be exposed to ever uh and I will not lie I was sad when that when it just kind of was like all right well see you guys next time and Never came back again. <laughs> like, I definitely do miss doing the podcast because, like, if it wasn't for that, like, I wouldn't have met you and um, and your wife uh, and have our online friendship, uh, which I value and um, uh, value and hold on. I lost my train of thought. I appreciate you as a friend. <laughs> you know, I appreciate our friendship. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, I am the same. And I've made like so many. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, I've like established so many relationships with people like Vao Jing and and um, and Chris Vaciento. See, I still remember you guys because I still talk to you guys, <laughs> even though the podcast is done. Um, but uh, I do want to do that podcast again someday. Um, but it's really like uh, like we didn't end it on like there were no bad terms. It was just like, hey, we gotta be adults and. Um, Marlon and Ginny needed to do their thing and I was like hey my wedding's coming up kind of stuff so we were like we're going to need to take a pause it's getting to become too much um, and uh, we'll pick it back up and then um, you know stuff just kept on happening but to answer your other question if I'm going to um, do any type of podcast or you know is my annoying voice going to be out on the airwaves anytime soon um I actually was thinking about doing like something similar to the cooking show, but like uh, some sort of commentary thing. But that's something that me and my wife have been playing around for uh, playing around with for a long time of like critiquing music videos. I would watch that because I would imagine that would be a YouTube deal or something. Or would you just go straight uh, Instagram? I would be, uh, I would do YouTube. So like a big thing that I like to watch is, um, do you know the guy Leon Lush? I think so. Didn't you send me a link to him a while back? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So he's this guy in PA and he's just like this ridiculous personality. Um, so like really over the top personality. Um, and he just picks apart everything that people hate about the internet, like bad Barbie, Jojo Siwa, like J Jake and Logan Paul, easy targets. But um, dude is fucking hilarious. Hold on. Um, he's like, you know, when you're on a podcast, you're like, people ask, like, what are you selling? You're just selling conversation and like a person, your personality. You're selling yourself. Yeah. Right. Like you and Bethany are 100 percent yourselves. And that's why I love your podcast. Um, this Leon Lush guy is 100 percent himself 24 seven. He, um, oh, fuck, I don't want to message him. Uh. <laughs> so, like, and I feel like it's just because of 
today's event, like uh, the, today's world events. Like you couldn't, you, dude, you could post a video about reviewing eggplants and someone would be like, well, you know what? All vegetables matter, bro. Why are you just singling out the eggplants? Like I hate the YouTube comments and all internet social media comments these days because everyone tries to make it about that stuff. Yes. And just like, we just need, can we have like a second just to enjoy ourselves here online? But he posted a video that I, I didn't think was political at all. And someone said, I would stay out of politics and stick with the YouTube sheep. Bah. And this dude, like, yeah, I processed that for a second. Yeah. <sighs> and Leon Lush, Leon Lush responded back. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Even if it includes placing my cock gently on your tongue and making you sneeze until I climax. And that is like that. It's funny because you always hear people say like, oh, you shouldn't like, you know, interact with commenters like that. But like that is the perfect response to that, because like, why? It's like you said, like, why can't you just like see something, find joy in it, click a like button or not, and then move along. And if you don't like it, just move along sooner. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. no one, like, just because someone is putting something out there, that's, it's either for your enjoyment or not. It's not for you to go, hey, uh, so what did you think about the whole thing? And if you were producing it, how would you have produced it? I would like to know every intricate detail you have for me. It's like, I don't understand the people that hate something so badly, but then, like, will clearly quote something from, like, near the end. So it's like, okay, you listen to the whole thing hated it the whole time and then told everyone how much you hated it. So we're just seeing this weird manifestation of your, I don't know, pain or your, it's, it's just a strange, it's so strange. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I started doing this podcast and been on social media way more than I ever would be. But like, I know even like little innocuous things, that I might say have said back, you know, before I was deep into all this, like now for the most part, it has to be pretty egregious for me to say something negative about anything because why, why even put it out there? Like if it's not, if it's not helping, like you're just being an asshole (laughs) and that's what you're telling everybody. (laughs) Well, I think in the very first episodes when like our, the alt side and, um, untrained eye relationship started, uh, you know, started, I listened to one of your episodes and like, I commented to, uh, to Marlon and Ginny, uh, I think I said, dude, DJ is saying, fuck this, fuck that a lot in this podcast. I like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there's a difference between like in jest versus like just being an asshole, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and that's the thing is like, you know, I have like, you know, uh, very broad opinions on the podcast when I think it's funny, but you know, I'm not going to, I don't know, like I wouldn't, I don't even have a good example, but like if if I, okay, let's say I was, someone had a clothing brand that I thought the shirts were terrible and I was making fun of like one of their shirts or whatever, like I, maybe I'm being funny in that moment, but I'm not going to like have you, I'm not going to invite you on and then mock you and be like, how could you be in the same category as this guy? That's ridiculous. And I want to make you feel bad because you know, I feel bad or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not, 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was a bad example, but you know what I mean? It's, it's. No, that's a good example. Cause I've definitely, like, you know, have you ever felt like you need to restrain yourself from just trolling someone? Yes. Yes. Cause sometimes so, it's too. There's a fine easy. line. <laughs> Cause I re Oh God. I, I the t-shirt thing actually is uh relatable. Cause just this week I saw an Instagram ad that didn't pertain to me. It was for a clothing brand called D and D. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was a straight up streetwear brand. And I went on there to look at their stuff and everything at D and D. And I commented, it was just like an innocent comment. I was just like, dude, I love Dungeons and Dragons. Because <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, it, but at the same time, they need to hear that because it's their own fault for picking something, <laughs> calling your brand D and D. When there are so many people who love Dungeons and Dragons, World of Warcraft, and like, <laughs> um, you know, Warhammer stuff, like, dude, you fucked up. Yeah, because you would think that, especially like a streetwear brand, would be culturally aware of what's going on, and the fact that we have a Stranger Things uh, branded Dungeons and Dragons starter kit, like, you should know what D and D is <laughs> in two thousand twenty. <laughs> So about um, when you were saying like your earlier episodes, so do you think the podcast is like has changed or no, like I'm trying to word this properly. Do you think you have become your podcast just uh, because your podcast is you, right? Has it changed your perspective on things or has it like made you, you act a certain way now? I would say that yes, because I think for as much as it may not have seemed like it early on, like I think I was more reserved, you know, and uh, it's because I, I don't know, I was afraid to be misinterpreted and I kind of, you know, I, I think it's, I think that would happen to anyone early on because, you know, if you only have a handful of episodes and you say something off color or crazy, you know what I mean? Like there's not much to be like, well, look back at my body of work and, you know, see that that's not really, it's more nuanced than that. And, uh, I would say the thing that's changed the most is like being more willing to just say something and not, you know, have the opportunity for it to be off the wall or crazy sounding. And then if someone has, you know, a problem with it or they think it's good or bad or whatever, you know, they can say something about it and I can elaborate. Uh, and now there's like a, I don't know, like there is that body of work to go back on and be like, listen, I was joking. Like, listen to the, the entirety yeah. of it and you will know that like, I'm not, I don't hate anybody. I'm just, uh, I just tried to make a joke and it failed. Dude, so like Twitter, uh, you know, the dumpster fire that it is, uh, I got my little taste of being roasted alive because, you know, I'm a big fan of comedy and somebody was saying that, you know, you can't make fun of, you can't make jokes about trans people ever. And it was this guy that was saying, you know, he would kick off. Uh, he was running a comedy show, and if you made a trans joke, he would he would never have you again. And I made a Simeon, I thought it was an innocuous enough comment about, like, you know, basically, the, I can't remember what I said, but the idea was, like, you know, you have to take, in comedy, it's not a foreign idea that you have to take a swing uh, sometimes, and sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's not. But that's the risk you take when right. you make a joke. And I got eaten alive. People 
called me names that I definitely am not. Like I got called transphobe more than I ever thought I would in my whole life. I had people telling me uh, what what I was thinking. Like the the initial person that had a problem with me, I tried to just uh, be like, "I'm sorry. I love you. I don't want you know you to feel any you know have any bad feelings." Immediately, I was told, "You're just saying this because you know you messed up and you are actually the." And I'm like, "Dude, I." I just had to stop Dude. engaging because I was like, I, what do you do? And it was only like 20 people. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine when somebody says something dumb on the internet and they have tens of thousands of people coming at them. So. Yeah. I think it's just like a testament to how like insane cancel culture has gotten, you know, like, like you said, they're trying to say, you know, say it as if they know who you really are kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. Cause people were talking with a lot of authority about how I felt, <laughs> even though I was saying yeah. the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you didn't even know who I was before. Like I wanted to at some point be like, Hey, will you at least listen to the podcast? Like just listen to one <laughs> yeah, episode. I'm getting so much traction, <laughs> you know, hop on over to the, uh, untrained eye podcast to find more material to bash us on <laughs> Dude, that's how you should have branded it yeah like yeah and that's the thing is whatever it's just crazy well what about you have you uh like between the brand or uh starting the clothing line and the podcast like what were what have your observations been in life and like on social media um my personal brand sleep terror gets a lot more uh hate um, but it also gets like, it's been around longer than alternate sides, alternate sides. Like I'm happy and fortunate that we had like a very, um, like positive group of people, you know? Um, but that's also because maybe our, our listeners were, were like, I don't even remember how many listeners there were. Um, because after some of the podcasts were done, so I'll give you like a, a little insight of like how, um, I don't know about Marlon and Ginny. But for me on the podcast, I was always tired um, doing the podcast because I had just gotten off work mm -hmm. and like hustled back over and Marlon and Jenny work from home. So we would go back to their place and I would need to like decompress for a couple minutes. So whatever John you got on the podcast was probably a result of whatever John was like felt during the workday. So if I was really pissed off, you heard me pissed off on the podcast. And after the podcasts were done, I would sit for a minute um, and think to myself, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> like, and I wouldn't even, I hate the sound of my own voice. And I'm constantly like, I'm the embodiment of that meme where the guy's looking at the mirror and he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause I remember making some dick jokes on there on the alternate side podcast where I was like, where the fuck did that come from, buddy? What are you doing? <laughs> and even some, like my mom was listening to it at one point. She was like, John, this is borderline offensive. And I was like, I don't remember. I plead the fifth, sixth, and 14th. I don't know what I said. <laughs> I maybe said it and maybe not. I didn't. I don't know. But I really like sometimes I did fear that we were going to get like some sort of something from it. Thank God most of the people who listened to it were dudes and they understood the jokes because we covered a lot of cancel culture stuff because uh, I re-listened to a couple of them where we were talking about 
like band members who have like assaulted um like underage girls mm-hmm. and i like needed to go back to that episode to make sure that marlon and i got our point across and we didn't sound like misogynistic because i realized that it was two dudes talking about rape when really we have no place in in that arena whatsoever you know what i mean yeah but you know how it goes in podcasts. You like start rolling and you don't know where the hell it takes you. Well, that's the thing is like, I, you know, I'm the same way in the sense that like, I can't, it's hard for me to listen back. Like it's good. Uh, at least on the untrained eye that Beth is on there with me because she is like, she does not realize how valuable she is sometimes because she will listen without a fail to every episode before it comes out at least twice. And that is, it's good. It's, it's something I can't do. Like I, I've tried, I did for a while, but like, I just hear myself and it's funny because I end up sounding so stupid to myself that I'm like, we should just cancel the whole podcast. Like I can't have, I can't have anything I just said go out to people and they hear it. Like, what will they think? (laughs) But it's, I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to actually, disagree uh, with um, you sounding ridiculous because I watched I listened to that 19 minute solo uh, episode and um, I was like this is still really enjoying like I really thoroughly enjoy this Um, I thought you know but I I was also like trying to envision like your POV like how are you I don't think I could ever do that Um, I need that backboard but I was wondering, like, how is he just coming up with content? Like, <laughs> dude is evolving. It's, uh, it is, you don't realize how much you count on the other person being there when you're talking until there's no one there. And uh, it is, it's, it's, it's even more nerve wracking because those solo ones, like, I never listened back to those. I never, like, I was listening back to them after I released them because I knew that if I listened to them, uh, before I release them, they would never, they would never, they would just never see the light of day. They just wouldn't. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, Bethany does bring a lot to the table. Cause like, I, when I'm listening to the podcast, it's a good 50, 50, you know, there's no one side or the other. And it's like a, it's like a conversation you want to be a part of kind of thing. I appreciate that because it's, I, especially here recently, like I've had to stop myself Cause I, I don't know what it is, but I just, I feel myself talking over her or just like going off on these, like, you know, 10 minute long tangents. And I'm like, am I letting her talk at all? Or am I just like compromising this whole thing? But it's the DJ show now. Right. Marlon and I did that a lot because let's be real. That show was Marlon's show. Like everyone plays a role. Um, and I know that now, uh, like I think, Chris from No Offense was saying that, like, I forgot his name, but the guy who just giggled and cackled, like, he played a role in the show as well. Oh, uh, wait a minute. On the Rogan podcast, you mean? Uh, Brian Redband? No, doesn't, isn't, um, uh, from Chris from No Offense was talking about his other podcast. His old, oh, yeah, his old uh, co-host, Jason, I think, or Jay, two rooms, whatever, yeah. Yeah, you just need like another warm body to make it seem like you're not crazy. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> like, I fully accept that I was. Um, who's the guy from uh, Howard Stern show who like did all that cocaine until his his like nose got flat? Uh, it starts Arnie, with 
Artie Lang. Artie Lang is exactly right. (laughs) So I realized that I'm Artie Lang on that show. Jenny is Robin and Marlon is Howard Stern. Um, But like when Jenny, so sometimes Jenny would opt out of doing the podcast. Either she wasn't feeling well or she just wasn't feeling it. And if it was just Marlon and I, it just didn't feel right. Um, And then same thing with like anything. If anyone else took off, it didn't feel right. Um, you know, but I fully accept that and I was just there to be the ridiculous person. Cause I was always drunk on that show. <laughs> well, by the way, you're a great drunk. Cause I never knew. I never would have uh, pegged you as drunk on that show. Uh, and there was I... one time I, there's one moment I, I remember <laughs> that you can obviously tell that I'm fucked up. And I've listened to it a couple times, <laughs> um, just for my own laugh, like shits and giggles. Um, I was like smoking like a, a vape pen throughout, because uh, I, as you can tell, I jewel throughout any type of anxious interaction. Um, and so I was like hitting the, the this vape pen, like thinking it was a jewel. And we're talking about some band. I forgot the band. I forgot the band that we were talking about then. Um, and then Marlon asked for me for my opinion. I started talking. We weren't even talking about the same. I I even said the band name. And he's like, dude, wrong band. I'm like, fuck, who are we talking about? And there's so many, like, I listened to the raw edit before Marlon spliced it up. Um, and I had maybe 30 seconds of silence when Marlon asked me to talk. Because I was so out of my mind. Like, going through, I had a panic attack on that show. And I was like, we need to wrap this up. I ain't, I ain't doing well. Dude, if you see, I'm telling you, like the the thing that anyone misses if they don't watch any of these episodes I've done on YouTube is, uh, I have a I have a panic attack every single episode. Like if you watch my face, there's a time where my eyes will start to get big, where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like suddenly, it's just like a snap. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm gonna say next. I'm like, I hope they keep talking so that I can figure out what's going on. Like, because it's not that I'm not paying attention. I'm just like, I don't know. Like before we started this, I haven't eaten anything. I've drank like I don't know, thirty ounces of coffee. The exact wrong thing to do. So I'm just like, I don't know. I can like see the future, and I'm super nervous, and I'm like, oh my god. So I don't know. Like I get. <laughs> I get the idea of the the 30 seconds of like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. But like Friday, that, like Friday nights at Altside was, we really, it was just an excuse to hang out. And it just so happened that we filmed it and recorded it. But there's so much material that we didn't put into the show because like, I don't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> Thank God Marlon is good at editing because... Um, so before every alternate sides, Marlon, Ginny, and I, we would like drink and like recap the music and just like, you know, not really like scripted, but plan out what we're saying or like the bands that we're talking about. But we'd be like on our maybe like fourth, fifth beer at that point. <laughs> like it's like hour to two hours prep for an hour long episode. And then after the episode's done, we're, the episode isn't really done. We just turned off the the, the mics because we're still talking. Um, I'll actually send you some of the after after podcast videos. Only you and Beth can see them because they're so ridiculous. <laughs> the after show. But I think yeah. you. I think the same way. Like you <laughs> are. I think you underestimate 
your uh, role on that show because it was, I don't know, like I, maybe it's because I had no prior knowledge of any of the, like what that scene was like, what any of the music was really. Like I, it felt like I was getting, I was like, oh, I'm getting this new music to listen to. And also like people that know, there was never a time where I was like, I think they don't really know what they're talking about. They just enjoyed it and maybe saw a documentary on it, and they're just relaying that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. And I, I, maybe it was a drunk, maybe it was drunken rants, maybe not. But I, I always liked the episodes where you were extra punchy, where they were like, like, all right, John, we're moving on. You're like, nope, I'm still here. I planted my feet firmly in the ground and we are not leaving until I say so. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you have three personalities that are equally, um, like, I, I guess like not, I don't want to say like hogging the mic because Jenny never really hogged the mic, like dominant personalities, you know, like everyone had their own opinion, but that was the thing too is, um, like Jenny never really wanted to talk. And I was like, but you have really good things to say. You're the only one who's saying like, actual facts about the music <laughs> you know like you the feeling section is fully covered by marlon and i we will openly say that a band fucking sucks but you are actually laying down the facts history that stuff i think like for the for being a music podcast i think we barely qualify and jenny is the reason why we we even made it into into that category <laughs> <laughs> Well, but there, like, thank God you guys weren't listening for our first episodes when we used to do. So it, it wasn't always like metal, hardcore, punk, emo. Dude, we used to cover hip hop. And <laughs> in the episode, like, we're talking about it. I forgot who we were talking about. Probably Post Malone. <laughs> that's the only, I, I, that's the only, I'm a connoisseur of, uh, you know, Posty. That's it. Um, but I think it was Denzel Curry. We were talking about Denzel Curry. And in the middle of the episode of that segment, I was like telling Marlon, or Marlon was telling me, like, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, do you know what we're talking about? Like, do you know anything about this dude? And he's like, no. We should really get rid of hip hop. Because, uh... <laughs> like, we were even, like, strategically planning it. Like, no one is going to listen to this podcast for hip hop. That's why you have like the breakfast club and all those people, all those podcasts are trash, man. I hate those podcasts so much. What other, cause I've never listened to the breakfast club or anything like what other, what other shows like, cause that's the thing, like at least as far as indie shows went, like I don't really know of many other music focused podcasts like that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan is the only like, po like mainstream one that I listen to. Um, but like if I'm in the car and listening to um, like their radio sh shows first, podcast second kind of shows, mm -hmm. like that's how big they are. Um, you've seen the Takashi 69 or the, the um, what's his name? Soldier Boy um, clips, right? Where he's on the breakfast club and Charlemagne the God is like yelling at him. Yeah. Or like tr actively trolling him because Soldier Boy saying that he made Drake, yeah. you know, and he's like, <laughs> Drake! Drake, like that whole all those shows are just sound bites to pander to that audience because like i never realized how gossipy hip-hop culture is you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like every every 
But I think that's just a testament to how devoted their fans are to the music, because we do it too. That's why we had uh, TM scene, because <laughs> we eat that shit up. We love all that band beef. And like, it's the same shit, but they go a step further to inviting the guests over and actively trolling them. Like, I remember Post Malone was on The Breakfast Club or whichever one Charlemagne the God is on. And they, like, straight up told him to his face that he is trash and, and appropriating black culture. Ooh. And they meant it? Or were they just trying to Yeah, they to meant get... it. Ugh. Like that? And then I felt so bad for Post Malone. This is even before I was a fan of his. And I just was a fan of him being a ridiculous human being. Because he had, like, the braids. He had the fringe bangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, fully stacked with, with, with grills. And I'm like, damn, dude, you don't want to do him dirty like that. Like... Dude just came onto your show, fly as fuck in like a, a in a fur jacket, and you're sweating him like this. That's a, Jesus. I just don't understand that way of doing it because it's like, I don't know, and especially now like doing this show, the dragging the table show, and like trying to reach out to people and have them on, like I could not imagine having someone on and being like, hey, I don't like anything you do. And I wanted you to know that you are a detriment to the thing that you're associated with. Like I could not imagine (laughs) like the balls it must take. I guess it, I guess maybe because in the breakfast club way, cause there's what, like two other co-hosts besides Charlemagne. Right. Like, I guess maybe if you're like, you feel like you have the numbers against them to be like, well, I can talk smack to their face and there's nothing they can do about it. But hold on. See, this is why you need, like, Joe Rogan has that fact checker, like, on hand, right? Young the Jamie. guy who literally, <laughs> his only job is to Google stuff. For yep. Him. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, pull up that video of that rhino uh, eating a pineapple. You got to see that. <laughs> <sighs> you need because, like, now I'm, like, wondering, is it Charlemagne the God on Breakfast Club? I don't even no, remember. It is. On... The only re- you know what's it funny? Is? The only reason I know it, it it is him on the Breakfast Club is because uh, a buddy of mine said that he was – he was just on with uh, Rush Limbaugh a couple days ago, and they did like a thirty-minute segment. And I haven't heard it yet, but I am v- like I, you know, anyone who's listened to me uh, yammer on uh, knows that I used to be really big into right-wing talk radio when I was a kid, and Rush Limbaugh was like one of the main guys that I was into. So, and now that I have moved past that portion of my life, uh, I'm. I, I can't believe I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm very interested to see what those two had to talk about and like how they got on because like, right. they're, they're both at the top of their respective radio games. And I could, I can't imagine that they're even close to politically aligned. Uh, so that's that happened a, already. That happened already. Like I have the YouTube video saved. Uh, it's on my watch later with the other hundreds of videos that I'll never watch later. Uh, but, (laughs) but yeah, I'm interested to see what he had to say, but that's, that's why I knew immediately that that was, he was on that show, Charlemagne. Well, like, like, um, yeah, that'd be really interesting. I want to watch that because like Joe Rogan's done it in the past when he had Milo Yapanopanopagus or whatever his name is. Milo Galopagus. (laughs) Yeah. Snuffleupagus. (laughs) And that was that was like I knew I didn't like him already from the stuff that he has, had written, mm-hmm. but then that was the moment I just didn't like him. I didn't like his face. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't like the way he cared. I didn't like the cut of his jib. Yeah, no, it, he was just so rude. 
Well, and that's what I think is good about like because people were saying after that interview that you know this is why you can't give guys like Milo a, a platform or Alex Jones or any of these other guys, but I think it's I think that's completely wrong because like it will like listening to him talk, you will either you'll have one of a few feelings. You'll either start to maybe sympathize with him. Maybe you'll see him, you know, long form. You're like, oh, well, maybe he's not exactly the person I thought he was. Or you will, you know, be like, okay, my feelings were correct. This guy's a douchebag. But I mean, at least when you hear someone speak long form, you can galvanize yourself to that. You know what I mean? Like you, you right. it, it doesn't become abstract anymore. And you're like, well, I hate Alex Jones cause gay frogs or whatever. Like you can hear him talk and be like, he's an insane person. And I have, you know, three plus hours to prove <laughs> to of unfiltered, uh, uh, talking to prove my point now. Right. You know, expectations were met with the, um, <laughs> with the Milo interview because i was like yeah this dude is 100 percent that guy but you're totally right though and um like back to your twitter roast uh <laughs> back to your twitter roast i think a lot of people like they don't want to understand the other side right or they're not even curious about the other side it's just very black and white where it's like these people are wrong i don't know why they think this way i'm just gonna leave it at that and i'm gonna defend it like i know those people are wrong um, like if we're talking about, uh, I know we're trying to keep it lighthearted, but like, let's say just like black lives matter kind of stuff. Like we can both agree racism is wrong. It's not a, like a political thing. There's no, you know, left or right to it. There's no in between. Right. It's a basic human rights thing. And, um, but I want to understand why people think the way they do and justify their racism. Like I need to understand. Uh, the other side, not because like I need to understand the other side to be like, why are they so mad? You know, um, but I just need to. It's just like one of those looming questions I need to answer and not to throw my wife under the bus, but she hates it when I watch these things like alt right documentaries or documentaries about white supremacy, because like the best way to understand um, it's like I'm getting I'm trying to keep my enemies close kind of thing. Right. So it, um, like just funny enough, she was like pre-gaming me, unintentionally pre-gaming me for, for this. And I honestly didn't think you were going to ask me, stupid me, didn't think you were going to ask me about conspiracy stuff. <laughs> so I was like, he's not going to ask. It'll be fine. You don't have anything to worry about. Uh, <laughs> Man, was I wrong? Sorry. But so she was talking to me about, uh, one of her relatives talking about like, antifa and like oh like is it true that antifa is behind all this like all all the violence yada 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 and my wife is like trying to like talk to me educate me on antifa when like i know more than she does about it Mm -hmm. um and i was like telling her like hey you know like antifa's just here because antifa shows up as the anti-fascists to interfere with whatever daily thing is going on with these fascist groups. So like, they're not like, I don't see how they could be the, the, the bad guys here. Cause when we were storming the, the beaches of Normandy, technically we as America, we were Antifa. Yeah. Well, and God, that's I'm the, just like a meme in real life. No, it's like, but you know, it, the problem is, is too like, uh, words get co-opted. 
So you have, you know, yeah. like, what is it? The If you've ever heard uh, What's-His-Face, the other guy everybody hates that uh, technically started the Proud Boys, uh, he... Oh, Gavin McGinnon? Yes. Uh, he, you know, the Proud Boys started as a joke on their radio show or podcast or whatever it was to make fun of one of their interns. And uh, they kind of just perpetuated the joke and let it go because it was something that their fans uh, enjoyed or whatever. And then it became something else. And then was, it turned into, you know, enough people that were white supremacists uh, decided that, you know, this kind of aligns with what I think. And now this is our thing. And it, you know, it became, it became what it is now. It doesn't matter what it started as like, you know, it could have been an innocent thing to make fun of a guy, but now it's a thing that you hear proud boys and you think of swastikas, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think like Fred Perry shirts and doc Martens. Yeah. The now after Gavin stepped down, I think the leader of the proud boys is in Florida. Good. And great. He's Cuban. <laughs> No, I'm dead serious. Look Great. him up. Where's Where's your Google guy? Nope, nope, nope. Because he's gonna end up being too close to me, and I'm, we're gonna have to move. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, do I feel uh, embarrassed that I'm like wasting precious brain like storage to like absorb this stuff? Yeah, but it's it, it's interesting stuff. No, and I don't I don't think I don't think it's a waste because again, like uh what was it? You know, a lot of my, you know, maybe to the chagrin of some people, like I have had my eyes opened a lot by the Joe Rogan podcast because he's had guests on that, you know, like I said, I came from that like right-wing talk radio background and he's had like a couple of like who was the guy? <sighs> I don't remember. It was the guy that um he was the evergreen college professor that when they were trying to do a, a protest at that college of, you know, they were first, it was like a day without a black person. They were doing that where the black students didn't show up. And then the students decided they wanted to do a day without a white or a day without white people. And, uh, he showed up and they, he was like, they were like, you have to leave. And he was like, no, I'm not leaving. And this is like a, supposedly like a very like progressive left leaning, uh, you know, college or whatever. But like, I didn't know yeah. any of that background. Like all I knew is like the, the, I don't know, the breakdown of that guy was he's a, he's a, uh, a he's a professor at a left leaning, very progressive college. And I, my first thought when I heard that was, I don't care about anything this guy has to say. And I just listened to it because I was like, well, Maybe Joe Rogan will make fun of him or something. But I ended up agreeing right. with everything he said. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it it's one thing to be against an idea, but if you hear the person that is supposed to be, like, part of, you know, the, I don't know, the granular part of that left wing or right wing, like, maybe you will agree with that person. Maybe they're able to convey their message in a way that you didn't really think of because it's not something you think about all the time. Right. Like, I'm, I don't disagree that, um, like, with everything, like, when, when people's mouths open and words come out of their mouth, it's like throwing macaroni at a wall, spaghetti at a wall, and seeing what sticks. Like, something is, you're going to be able to relate with at least one thing, right? right? Like, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff Trump says, but then again, 
there's the green farm bill that I agree with, which is the production of hemp, industrial hemp. So, you know, I don't think I have to agree with everything he says, but I do hate that man. But that's the thing. People will tell you that, you know, you have to disagree fully or agree fully. There's no room for middle ground. And that's just, yeah, it's just never. Maybe my Trump example was a, was a bad one. Your example was definitely better. No, no. I think it's a, I think it's a perfect example now, because if you say the word Trump, like there, you know, only two groups arise to the vocal uh, uh, majority and they are either like, you know, you either have to fully agree and be on his side 100% or you have to hate him 100% because he disagrees with whatever. And it's like, it, it's not, people aren't like that. So why would you right. imagine that your president would be? And what president from the beginning to now has been that full embodiment of what whatever side wanted? None of them. Like, yeah, it's a pick and choose kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, but you have somebody like Trump that, you know, when you say, you know, he's a person, you should, you know, even though we'll never get to know that guy, like the idea that you would want to talk to him and try and like pick at his brain and see why he's coming from uh, the position that he is, like saying that people are immediately like, nope, he's who he is now and he never was anybody else. I don't care where he came from. He's bad now. It's like, well. I think, I think with that example though, like, God, if I like, if I got to sit down with the man and like have a conversation, just a regular conversation, I would definitely leave that conversation and go straight to the bar. Yeah, no. And I think most people would, whether they were for or against him, I think that would be a, uh, a bar worthy conversation <laughs> or a, yeah. Bar. When Bush was president, <clears throat> um, I remember listening to all his gaffes and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is dumb. Go after watching Trump's stuff. Go back and listen to George Bush, and the George Bush stuff isn't even funny anymore. You know, when he's like, "Fool, uh, sh- um, what, what did he say? Uh, fool me once, trick me once, <laughs> shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, we don't get fooled again." <laughs> yeah, like the way I see it, like if we get Joe Biden, he's a gaff machine too. But all of that, the stuff that he says, there's no like real substance to it. But when like our guy today says stuff, I'm just like, what did he just say? <laughs> did he really just tell us to ingest the light <laughs> and inject uh, inject um, sanitizer, yeah. <laughs> disinfectants? And that's the, the, like that is the thing that's disheartening to me is like I cannot. I can't, because I'm to the point now, you know, so we just go full politics. I just am like, I don't even know if I'm going to vote because I don't know, like, maybe this is the wrong way to look at it. But I look at it now of like, do we want the enemy we know or the enemy we don't know? Because those two guys are, I I think they're just, fine, uh, fine, I'll just say it. I, I think they're both bad for our country just in different ways and i don't know that the new bad is going to be better than the old bad like it doesn't i i just wonder if i don't know i don't know what i wonder anymore (laughs) it's just it's too strange yeah dude (laughs) i know what you mean like this year has been stressful really really stressful yeah I think that is a good motto for the first six months of 2020. 
stressful. <laughs> like you and I can both agree that like we're both wearing hats because secretly we're Brett Michaels under there. Yeah. Dude, are, all the hair is gone. This I'm is, bald. This is just a uh, hair that I have glued to the side of my hat. There is no hair left. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. And you think about um, how, you know, how we have, because, okay, is are you guys in New York still on your stay-at-home tip, or are you guys allowed out again? So we are, I, technically, we are not open yet. Um, so the governor has these phases, right? I believe phase one, I don't even remember the phases. All I care about, and this sounds super privileged, all I care about is phase two because I need a fucking haircut really bad. <laughs> I miss my barber. I'm going to send this podcast link to my barber, Dave. I miss you, you sweet man. We love you, Dave. <laughs> but yeah, like um, we haven't even hit phase one yet. I don't think I've lost track because like now I'm an essential worker. So, so to me, we're open. So it's like, what is going to happen in November? Like what is going to happen leading up to November? Like, how are they going to, how are they going to do their debates? How are we going to be able to vote correctly? Like it, even I don't know, like with COVID and now with, uh, you know, who knows where all of the protesting is going to go uh, from where we're at right now. Like, what is what? How are we going to how is it not going to be a debacle is what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like now we're on like an official like news show. <laughs> well, to answer uh, your, your question, DJ, um, I think pre Rona, if Joe Biden got the nomination, it would have still been a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I've marked that day in my calendar. I cannot wait for these debates because that's going to be the most entertainment like all year. It's going to be. It's going to be a bloodbath, I think. Like, and, and I don't know that it. You know, people, including me, used to talk about it in the way of like Trump is going to cut this dude's head off on live television. It's going to be crazy. But now, like the way that he has responded to everything that's been going on right now, Trump, uh, it's going to be. I, I think we all might decide that we don't need a president anymore after these debates. <laughs> To be yeah. real honest with you, like, because we're going to be looking at, in my opinion, two crazy people yell at each other. And uh, and then after they're done yelling at each other, we're going to be like, all right, to the voting booth. <laughs> <laughs> See, like the first election, 2016, um, like I didn't want to vote for for uh, Hillary. Right. Mm. Who was it? See, like that's how much news has affected our like psyche and our mental health. I don't even remember who Hillary was against. I'm pretty sure it was Bernie, but that's how, like, it's like a blip in time now. I think it was Jill Stein, maybe. Is that right? No, it I was, uh, I don't remember. I know that's when the whole, uh, I think it was early on that Bernie was taken out of the race, and then later was when they found oh, out right. that, uh, you know, you, there was collusion. You were 100% right. It was Hillary... It was definitely do, uh, versus another dude. I, I wow. wasn't it like a it wasn't he like an independent guy too or something like or not independent not independent but God what was it 
Young Jamie, where are you? You gonna look it up? No. <laughs> we can just go. Uh, man. Well, while you're looking it up, I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, or if well, you want to. didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. A guy who you know has been forgotten to history. <laughs> like it's not like he was Al Gore or anything. <laughs> well, like, like those are the memorable ones: Al Gore, <laughs> John Edwards, John McCain, and then history stops. Yeah. Well, maybe Jeb Bush. <laughs> Jeb Bush was a little crybaby during the last. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm talking like the top of mediocrity, like uh, <laughs> the second place guy. Oh yeah, Jeb Bush but, definitely does not even get second place. <laughs> dude, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> um, but you know, like this year, there were like a lot of uh, there were a lot of people that like I, I that resonated with. Um, like this is the first time I've ever gotten full on into politics to the point where I'm like donating. God, I actually donated this year. Um, I like blew like maybe $500 on Andrew Yang. You did not blow any money on him. Like I, I hear him speaking now still too. Like, you know, I've heard, I've seen his like little sound bites on Twitter and it's still like, I know people clown that dude hard, but man, like he, who was it? Andrew Yang, and who was the other lady from Hawaii that everyone like kind of thought she was a joke? Uh, oh, um, see, no one's gonna remember her. Yeah, like she, you know, she for, was the pretty one who like who supported Trump. No, not she. What did she? Yeah. Well, not supported Trump, but she was like when it came to the vote for um for impeachment, she was just like. I'm here. I'm present. That was her vote. She oh, didn't vote yes yeah, or no. Yeah, she just yeah. said present. I feel like, you know, it's she funny. She served in like the military and stuff. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Amy Klobuchar, but that's not the one. God, I cannot remember her name. I fucking hate that woman too. <laughs> Let's just call her Miss Aloha. <laughs> Senator Aloha. Senator Aloha. Um, Mahalo. Ma- <laughs> I don't know. But like, yeah, like Andrew Yang was the very first time. Um, and like, when I was younger, that person was actually um, Rand Paul. No, no. Rand Paul is the younger one, the dumber one, right? Yes. Ron Paul is the dad. The Ron Paul. Ron Paul was the guy who I was like, oh, shit, this dude is making a lot of sense. But this is also when I didn't know the disparity or like divide between left and right mm-hmm. because they weren't like as polarized as they are now. I was just picking the guy who made sense and like that I thought would propel America for the better. Um, but like Andrew Yang was, is the first time that I actually like sat down and like researched what he was doing. It didn't matter that he was Asian. I don't give a fuck about that. Um, but I did use that as a selling point to a lot of other Asian people who didn't know about him because I knew that people would be shallow like that. Um, if you've ever seen that movie, uh, with Chris, um, Chris Rock, where he becomes president because his name is like Jefferson and they, they like vote for him. Because of name recognition. Look up that movie. That's hilarious. That's I've never cool. heard of that. <laughs> That's how we're our world today, basically. And um, but yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. Like universal basic income. That's awesome. He wants to tax Amazon and Google and all these powerhouse social media companies. And that's how you're going to pay for it. It made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I oh, think, and yes. the, the AI thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that is what was it? What was his stance on AI? He was saying that um, companies are trying to uh, 
get um, move away from traditional like human labor mm -hmm. and go towards AI and and uh, robotics, not like that kind of robotics, but like automated services, right? In order to to get a, a bigger profit, lower overhead costs, because you don't have to pay for hourly and salaries. And I read an article, uh, I think it might have been Forbes or, or some sort of business thing, um, that he was saying that COVID-19 is just fast forwarding companies to want to do this, because now this is their excuse to because no one can come to work. But these yes. companies still need to make money. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I because wasn't that his like at the time when he was making that argument, wasn't that tied into his like um, like people were saying, like, why do we need universal basic income now? And he was like, because this is going to happen to you. Like, <laughs> right. And then and then they brought him to go and talk about universal basic income with um, uh, Chuck Schumer mm -hmm. and Nancy Pelosi to, to come up with a way to, to to figure it out, which is like insane but um I, do i think that he's perfect no hell no he's definitely flawed dude is so fucking progressive that's gonna be the guy who comes up with a triple sided dildo for no reason <laughs> like it's like i made this just because yeah, yeah. like it's an elon musk like kind of thing i thought of it so why not uh yeah well yeah. It, it, and i feel like there were a lot of people on that side, Andrew Yang being one of the top ones that like made me feel like I was when I would go to vote, I wouldn't be it wouldn't be such a close race between like, oh, you're voting between the lesser of two evils, because that's what since I've been of voting age, that's always been what it seemed like, like these two guys that are like not really far apart on what they think, like they're just. Maybe they have a different opinion about abortion, and uh, that's probably right. the only thing that's different. Uh, where there was guys like Andrew Yang, where you're like, okay, I am. This is probably the first time where I feel I'm picking the lesser of two evils because you know his evil column is like, there's just so so there's so little there that you're like, oh, I guess there are a couple marks, but that's fine. Right, <laughs> but he was also like. Everyone always talks about like going to, to the good old days. I was like, bro, I don't even remember the last time America was good. How are we even great? You know, if um, if this is America great, I want to go back to the shitty America. Yeah. And what that is one thing I never understood is the good old days. Like there. First of all, did everyone was everyone the star quarterback in high school or something like what are you talking about? There is nothing about the past that makes me want to go there. Oh, I'm sorry. A place without uh, smartphones, a place without YouTube, a place without, I don't know, air conditioning. I'm sure there was no air conditioning yeah. back then. Like it's <laughs> it's, but uh, you know. Yeah, we, we live in the coolest time. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. We, I'm just saying we live in the coolest time that, I mean, look at history. Was there a cooler time to be alive than now? I would be hard pressed. I don't think you could convince, could convince me there's a better time to be alive. <laughs> right. And that's the thing too, is like, he's, he was the only one who was talking about pushing America forward to become like a, a, a powerhouse again. Cause you see like, and um, like I am anti China, like Chinese government, because I think what they do to their people is fucked up. Um, that's not the way to treat like a country. Um, <clears throat> like if you, but at the same time, because they have that authoritarianism, 
they are able to propel so much quicker than we are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like I studied abroad, um, uh, in Beijing and I legitimately watched a train, a full train line, not like an extended train line, uh, a full on train line be built in three months, hole in the ground to having trains. Well, wasn't it, uh, when all the COVID stuff started popping off, they like built a hospital in like a week or two or something crazy like that. Yeah. I was watching it live every day and I, and every day it was like watching, it's like watching your ant farm build a, a, a like new new path, but you know, on like watching fast forward. plants grow. <laughs> it was Dude, like... It, it like I was at one point I was wondering if this was a time lapse because they were moving real fast. <laughs> Dude, it's great, but I mean, it's like you said, like it's because uh, everybody that was building that thing was just an NPC. They're like, eh, if somebody gets buried right. in the concrete, just keep just keep going. What are you going to stop and pull them out? Yeah. No, go, go, go. We got a bill. Like, we have billions yeah. of us. <laughs> I mean, that's like the, at least like here in America, we do have like better human rights for sure. But I don't think American can keep going on like this. No. And I mean, that's like, something what needs to give. Well, we're seeing the, some things that are giving like that. This, the, these past six months are like the, uh, the, you know, the end of the line, it seems like, like, I'm not saying end of the world or anything, but it seems like, uh, everything is hitting in a way that it's never hit before. Like COVID exposed yeah. that we weren't, not only were we not ready to deal with something like this, but also <laughs> that we, you know, we've exported so much of what we use here in America that we, ba if we get cut off, we found out that we're useless. We're basically, you know, uh, paraplegic. We have no arms, no legs, and we're just trying to figure out how we're going to get, I don't know, to the bathroom. Like, I don't know. Call the guy, call the that guy. explains all the toilet paper buying. <laughs> you know, I heard coming to an end. I need toilet paper. I heard Tom green of all people. He had the best, uh, he had the best reasoning for why to toilet paper went away. Like people were freaking out about toilet paper. And he was like, he was like, you think about toilet paper and the packaging that it comes in. He's like, you see it down this aisle and you think there's lots of it but there's actually not as much of it as you think. So like, say there's like, you know, 50 packages of toilet paper and 50 people come in and just buy one. And then, you know, the 51st person comes in and is like, there's nothing here. What do we do? They take a picture of it, put it on Twitter. And they're like, That's it's true. A and you're like, Oh yeah, that kind of does make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like you go into, into Costco and you just grab one and like the entire shelf is like now half gone. Yeah. <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah, and I I agree with that because I know like the last time I went to Walmart, it was like a couple weeks ago, but still there's no toilet paper up there, and I'm like, why? Like, and especially here's what's crazy: growing up in Florida, we've had hurricanes this whole time. It's been extra crazy for us to see toilet paper going first because it's like this is not the thing. Like, we have hurricanes come through here for like six months out of the year. And toilet paper is never on the list of things to like, <laughs> all right, we got to stock up on yeah. toilet paper. <laughs> I want to know how that started. Like what's wrong with your butts? I don't know because uh, how, first of all, how much toilet paper are you using? Like <laughs> me personally? Yeah. I need to know <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this. You should get a, a Costco, um, like co get Costco to sponsor this, um, <laughs> This, this podcast, okay? Because, or if if I ever have a podcast again, I would only do it to get a Costco sponsorship. 
I bought toilet paper um, in December from Costco. I didn't run out of it until April. And that right there. <laughs> That's it. How many pack? How many individual uh, rolls came in it? Do you remember? I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't remember. Uh, that's still a hell of an endorsement because that's what four and a half, five months of toilet paper in one purchase. <laughs> yeah, and like no lie, before like back in January, I was already prepping for COVID nineteen, but just just subtle enough mm-hmm. that my wife or my family didn't know that I was freaking out. <laughs> so I I. I'm normally very excited to go to Costco. It's like my favorite place to go. Like if I was a white lady, that's my target. <laughs> um, and, but I was extra excited to go to Costco because I'm like, yeah, we're going to stock up on toilet paper. We're going to stock up on aluminum foil to make our hats, all this stuff. Um, but uh, like I had bought all, all this like fever medication. Um, I had all these N95s ready to go. Because, um, fun story, when I was in China, um, I got swine flu on my birthday on the Great Wall. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. I puked on the Great Wall. That's amazing. (laughs) And, and I was one of those people who was like, isn't it fucking, isn't it a fucking coincidence that like every time there's an election, there's always some sort, something going on, like in the important months, there's always something going on. (laughs) And so here I am in China in a fucking hospital where they had to get a Canadian doctor to talk to me because I could not, like, speak Chinese at that point. I needed to go to my <laughs> grassroots English to talk because I was in so much pain. I didn't know what was happening. And I was, like, I was quarantined there for two days and quarantined in my host family's house for another week. Oh, my God. So wait. So is that how – so how long did it last for you? Like, and was it – yeah, like what was it like? <laughs> it was dude, it was just a week of of not moving out of bed. Like I barely I like if I wasn't in a, in my host family's house, I would have probably pissed my own bed. But out of respect for their <laughs> home, I went to the bathroom. Dude. And you and that like so a week and you were done with it or a week and you were mobile again? A week and then I was mobile. I'm just happy that like I went I studied abroad with my girlfriend at the time in college and she like brought me food because my host family didn't want anything to do with me. Like I'm talking when I got home from the hospital, they made me call them. So they opened the gate, opened the front door. They even opened the door so I didn't touch the doorknob. See, like they knew what's up here. We we still have to tell people like don't fucking shove your fucking fingers in your mouth. God damn it. <laughs> By the way, and we have door- someone tell us that while putting their fingers in their mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my host family like had it all set up. Like they, they had like disinfectant wipes in my room. They they put up the window like with a screen that I couldn't take it down so my fucking room was frigid all the time so that the air would circulate. Dude, they planned this out to a T. It was intense. That is nuts, dude. They even gave me a shower schedule. Ha. <laughs> like, listen, I know you can get barely get out of bed, but these are the hours in which we need you to uh, de-stink yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so, like, when COVID, like, the talk of coronavirus came up, it, and this is where, like, Twitter is the absolute worst. 
because now I can't even go on Twitter at my work computer without it autofilling coronavirus. That's how often I was looking at it. <laughs> and I was like low key freaking out because I was I was like, well, I've had clearly it is possible for uh, uh, someone young to get it mm-hmm. like or get like one of those viruses. So I was doing everything I could to be like, we are going to be safe. I bought a fucking knife because in my mind, I'm like, well, any day now, I feel like Trump is going to say something about the Chinese and blame the Chinese. So I bought this fucking hunting knife. That- <laughs> you know, easily concealed for the jungles of New York. Uh, that's awesome. You don't know if I need to go into my neighbor's apartment to go grocery shopping any day now. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy that that was like a thing for a minute. Like, what was it for like a whole month? He was like, the China virus. It's the China virus. Uh, oh, we've moved on from that. Yesterday he called it the China plague. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, Americans yeah. historically don't have a uh, a reaction to stuff like that. They definitely don't hold Muslims or Chinese or anybody responsible for anything ever. <laughs> that reminds me. I was my my wife was showing me this comedian. I forgot her name, but she's so funny. She's this um this lesbian comedian from Australia and she was um talking about how bad Americans are at naming things, you know? Like for example, petroleum commonly known as gas. In Australia, they call it petrol for short. Here in America, we call it gas, even though it's a liquid. (laughs) Same thing with the Spanish flu. It came from Kansas. (laughs) It just so happened that the guy who discovered it was from Spain. (laughs) Yeah, but they also have uh, wallabies and uh, spiders that can kill camels. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and, and on the downside, they have slang that I have no idea what they're talking about. She was talking about, like, I think she said, like, yeah, I'm going to give him a goba. I'm like, what? <laughs> a gobber? <laughs> Is that like a blowjob? <laughs> My favorite uh, that I have actually taken on, because I listened to one podcast that uh, the two guys are from Australia, and they call sunglasses sunnies. So I call yeah. them sunnies now, because I love that. <laughs> And for anyone listening right now, John has frozen. Have you gone to sleepterrorclothing.com yet? All right, so John is gone. This may be uh, the end of the podcast, uh, just in case. I'm going to say go check out Sleep Terror Clothing on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm sure he's on, yeah, he's on Facebook too. Go to sleepterrorclothing.com. I probably should have given him my cell phone number so he could just text me or call me. But I didn't because I'm a bad host. This That will be for the future. Oh, he's back. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Sorry. <laughs> no idea what happened. <laughs> I thought maybe your earbuds died or your phone died or something. I was like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> uh, You're probably like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't come back. No, I, I stuck around because I was like, maybe he will come back. I'm going to, like I gave... Everyone now knows where what your Instagram and uh, Twitter and uh, website is. Wait, is it sleepterrorclothing.com? It is. Okay, good. Uh, we'll go over that again, too. But Beth, producer Beth, uh, just peeked her head in the door and wanted to know how you knew about the coronavirus in January. Oh, 
here we go. <laughs> so um, in November, I was at my uh, getting ready for my wedding. Mm -hmm. And I get this alert on my phone from CNN that's that says that an unknown outbreak is plaguing a province in China. And so I'm reading about it. And I'm like, holy shit, this thing sounds serious. And at that point, they had already said that they believe it's respiratory, but they don't know how it's being transmitted or the origin. Mm -hmm. And then December comes along, and that's when they called it a coronavirus for its um, because they believed that it had moved from an animal species to human. And by January, all the like. Twitter was blowing up with all this whistleblowing going on in China because um, China has really strict internet laws, right? Mm -hmm. So people were going on like VPNs and and whistleblowing all this stuff. And at first I was like, well, I can't believe all that stuff. Then I started seeing these like um, these WhatsApp chats between like a doctor's chat and also correspondent emails from doctors in China. And I was frantically like getting my mom to translate this stuff for me. And I was like, holy shit, like, I've, uh, like, uh, have you seen the movie Contagion? No, I've seen it trending <laughs> recently, but I haven't seen the movie. So make it a movie night between you and Beth, because like, uh, it's, it's, it's like what was happening when uh, America first caught it, um, or like the first documented case, because it, it like talks about um a virus coming from china from animal species to humans and then just basically taking over the world and everyone struggling to cope until there's a vaccine mm -hmm. it's basically life imitating art or whichever way around yeah <laughs> at this point you know but that's how I, I knew back in december that something was up because what from what i read it's uh it sounded really scary and it didn't sound like the usual fear-mongering on the news and did you at the time like yeah. did you know or did you like associate it to when you had the swine flu and you were like oh, okay i know how bad this can be or did you like make that connection later well i think that's what triggered the fight or flight kind of thing mm -hmm. that made me uh pay more attention is because i've had um like a, a similar like coronavirus i guess mm -hmm. um that i know how serious it can get because Back then, I think it was like 2009 when I caught it. Like my asthma wasn't bad then. I didn't even know I had asthma. And as I've gotten older, my asthma has like gotten out of control. Do you um, think it's because of so that? Was, because of getting swine flu? Or do you think it's just because of normal oh, no. age? I, I think it's just because of being fat. <laughs> Dude, if you're fat, then I won't be able to get outside my door. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's just because, like, you know, getting old and not doing myself any favors. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are the, the jewel thing, guy. and when I heard it was a respiratory thing, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, what's gonna happen if if I get this thing?" And then you started like, then I started reading all this, um, all the research and how guys are more likely to get it, or like in China they were saying that got, um, male were more susceptible males were more susceptible to catching it and dying from it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and the funny thing about that is uh, that Chinese report came out in February. And I think the American report that, that confirmed it like came out in like April. 
It's like, why don't, why wouldn't you believe a country that's, that had just gone through it? We could have learned from what they were doing and prepared ourselves. Well, it's crazy because, you know, I don't know. I feel like I see both sides of that argument because it's, I do agree with, I think everyone when they say that, you know, we, our response to it was not quick enough, but I also think that once we did, uh, as you know, as America respond to it, I think we halted ourselves faster than I think any of us thought it was possible to do. You know what I mean? Cause it basically, Oh yeah. Was like, I mean, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't mean it as like, I'm criticizing, you know, I think we did the best we can do. Like it's, it's not every, every year we get one of these things, you know? No, and I agree. I, I, that's not what I was trying to say either, that you were saying that. But I just, I don't know. It's uh, it, It's been, I don't know, none of us, how would you, none of us have ever experienced anything like this, I don't think. Like, I'm in my 30s. I, I can't imagine, I mean, when was the last pandemic that we had to deal with? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Wife's back from the protest. Yeah. <laughs> Rally. Sorry. Wasn't yeah. a protest. Um, when was the last one? I guess it would be, does Zika count? Well, oh, pandemic. We're talking pandemic. Yeah, yeah, then it has I mean, to be swine flu. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's <sighs> either way. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> and I'm glad yeah, you me were too. I'm glad you're okay too. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I had an argument with someone at work where, um, she was trying to tell me that she thinks that it's not as bad as it is. Um, you know, why aren't you hearing about like any homeless people contracting it? I'm like, first of all, ask yourself this question as a decent human being. Um, we'll call her Susan. Ask yourself this question as a decent human being, Susan. When did you ever care about the homeless? So why would you actively go and look for that news? Um, because my wife actually works uh, with the homeless and they are in fact dying. Then she also told me, and this is the big kicker, and this is when I like, like really got upset. She said, it's not as bad as swine flu. And um, I pulled up, uh, you know, something from like live science or something like that. Apparently 12% of the world got infected with swine flu. America, there were 12,000 deaths um, in, in a year span. Mm -hmm. We are now at 100,000 in four months. <laughs> How does that work? How does that math work? It's, uh, yeah, it doesn't like, it's, I don't know. I think it's because I think because the information at least coming out about the swine flu is that there was just a big, uh, shorter turnaround time. The was, was there any asymptomatic, uh, ness attributed to that at all? Or was, or were you just yeah. like, as soon as you got sick, you, everyone knew you were sick. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, to me, I don't understand the people that are like, well, it's not as bad as we all thought it was. So that means, since I'm a scientist, that it's not as bad. And it's like, no, like you can't you can't say that because everyone decided uh, at the drop of a hat to stay home and uh, actually, you know, wash their hands and clean off their doorknobs. Like, OK, everyone took a bunch of precautions and it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Like, what if we didn't right. respond to it at all? How, would it have been as bad? It's it's hard to say, but I don't know. It's weird that we're like, well, preventative measures equals it's not as bad. It's like, no. Right. <laughs> but, like, at least we know one thing. Americans are fucking filthy. 
If this is what it takes for people to wash their damn hands. Shit, I'm never touching bar peanuts again. Dude, they've been we've known how gross we are. Just nobody cared because I remember when I was a kid, they did like a uh Did you ever see when you were a kid those disgusting mints? They were like almost made of chalk and they were like real tiny they were like small little squares and they would have them oh, in a Oh yeah, bowl. yeah. Yeah. They, they look did. like marshmallows, but they are really not. No, not at all. And somebody was like 2020 or somebody did like a uh, they went to like all these bars or hotels or wherever they were and uh, they tested. <laughs> they like sent them sent them off to labs after like a day of being out and people grabbing them. And it was more poop than sugar. Like it was just nonstop gross all over it. And we were all like, ew. And then you would still see them. And you would still grab a handful of mints and be like, I know these are gross, but ah, I love it. (laughs) Dude, that should be one of your episodes talking about that. Because like, if you think about it, that means that you went into that restaurant, you ate, you took a poop at that restaurant, (laughs) and then you left. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I I honestly do really want to know about the bar peanuts. Because I think I, I saw... I saw somewhere that like bar peanuts had like urine on them because mm-hmm. how many times have you gone to the bar and you're like you want to get back to your drink you want to get back to your 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 um whatever conversation you're having at the bar and you just like hey you know what i'm just gonna choose to forget to wash my hands okay <laughs> there was already somebody at the sink uh, i gotta go <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I like, that's the kind of stuff I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know if I'm not getting sick from it, please don't tell me what's in it. Just tell me not to just be like, Hey, steer clear. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> I can bring well, I think my like, own. if you get sick, you know. Oh yeah. Like it's, isn't that funny when you haven't been sick in a long time and you do get sick, you're like, I know exactly the dirty bastard who got me sick. <laughs> Dude, I, I was that guy. Um, <laughs> like two years ago, I was that guy. Remember when I told you that I blasted through all of the uh, Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> so um, it was Marlon's birthday. Um, and he used to rag on me for missing one of his birthdays. Um, so I've never missed one ever since that, uh, since that day. So I'm at work. And I'm like starting to not feel well. I hop on the train to go meet him and, and Jenny um, for his birthday dinner. So my wife's there, a couple of our friends there, Marlon's brother's there. And as I get off the train, I'm a, like maybe three blocks away from the restaurant. I get off the train and I have no idea where I am. <laughs> I'm just like sweating and I'm hot and I'm disoriented. Um, so I get to the place, still not feeling well, but I'm just kind of keep it on the DL. Um, so then I have this like, uh, midway through um, dinner, I start losing like my sa- my my sense of taste, and I'm like, "This is not good." But at the same time, keeping my cool, not panicking, <laughs> I was probably hallucinating a little bit, and I was like, "You know what? I think this is full blown the flu." Now, what do I? And a logical person would be like, "Hey, guys, I'm not feeling well. I'm going home." I am not that logical person, and I told myself, "You know what?" I'm just going to keep drinking and just drink whiskey and this whole thing will just go away by the end of the night. And, and like my wife bought a pinata for, Mar- for, for Marlon's birthday. You know, we're doing shots together. We're hugging, talking, uh-huh. you know, speaking moistly, speaking moistly. 
And the next day, I'm bedridden. I cannot get out, get out of bed. And Marlon and Jenny text me that they are both sick. My friend Woody tells me he's sick. Jeremy, Marlon's brother, tells me he's sick. And I'm like, fuck, I was patient zero. I got everyone sick. <laughs> but not my wife, because my wife was the one who got me sick originally. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but that's how easy it is. Like, we all are just like, eh. Like, that's, I don't know. I don't know what it is if it's just us as people that are like, well, I don't want to disappoint. So I'll push through it. I feel like that's what we're kind of taught to do a little bit is like, ah, just push through it. Because I've done that. I've gone to work sick. And I'm like, oh, I'll sweat it out. Like, I'll just, uh, yeah. you know, it, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll work itself out. And then you're deathly ill. <laughs> I have this joke at work. because um, uh, So I work in the print industry and like the like advertising print material. And like the turnaround is so quick and insane. I have this joke that, um, like, if I died and they called my wife, um, you know, they'd be like, hey, is John there? Is he coming in? I might be like, no, dude, he's fucking dead. They'd respond be like, all right, so is he going to be a little late? Is he coming? Because <laughs> one time I had to, like, ex- I had to describe what was going on in my bowels in order for them to understand I cannot I cannot sit on a train for an hour and a half to get to the office. <laughs> they will have to shut down that train. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Like that, I don't know. Like now, I don't know if you're still that way now, but I like now if I'm a little bit sick, I'm just, I, I just stay home. Like, listen, the work will still be there. Like if you want to fire me, fine. Right. If not fine. Like I can't die for this job. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be a martyr for this shit. I barely give a fuck when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, by Edit the way, that part out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, I, I decided a long time ago, I don't want to be defined by my job. So I'm not, I'm definitely not dying for it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, it's not who you are. It's just what you do. Yes. Sometimes. Now, granted, if I become a podcaster full time, then you can identify me with my job. <laughs> yeah, it's not like people will be asking you, like, so who are you, not what do you do? Exactly. Or they're like, uh, or that's how they knew. Like, I've always hated when people knew who I was. Like, oh, you're the pool guy. Like, ugh. All right. I already know how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> like, no, fuck you, man. I'm just a pool guy for these eight hours. <laughs> yeah. If I see you in the street past eight o'clock, you address me as podcaster <laughs> or sir. Either one will do. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, barring our little technical difficulty, we've done three hours, sir. <laughs> is this your longest one? This is definitely my longest one by far, but this has been really good. Like, I really enjoyed this a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm just going to say, let's do the podcast, but without it recorded next time. Dude. Just hang out. What, are we going to become friends or something? <laughs> yeah, you, you want to go do uh, karate in your garage because I don't have one? Yes, totally. <laughs> I'll set up bunk beds <laughs> and uh, come right up, come right over. <laughs> nice. But I want to have you on again, too, whenever, you're, whenever be- the beard oil finally makes its debut. Uh, so you can tell people about that and, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> that we'll have plenty more to talk about <laughs> in a few months. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I'll be sure to send you some of the beard oil. And um, I also forgot I forgot to mention that I'm also like moving into like women's line stuff. Oh, yeah. So if you want, I'll send you a crop top as well. I'll wear it on the show. <laughs> uh, but tell everybody where they can find you, your website, all the good stuff. Or where you yeah, want so them to find you. You can find my uh, my clothing brand over at sleepterrorclothing.com. I'm on Twitter. Just type in Sleep Terror Clo- no, Sleep, Sleep Terror Co., just C-O. Facebook, if Facebook even matters anymore. And, of course, Instagram. I'm on there all the damn time. Slide into my DMs. I'll probably respond back. It's uh, just Sleep Terror Clothing. Oh, and watch my yes. cooking show on my Instagram. Please watch the cooking show. You have it just on your feed too, right? Like as a like a IGTV or whatever. Yep. Dude, yes. <laughs> Do you uh, have any requests for what I should make next? Because I'm honestly running out of ideas. Ooh, that's a good. Not right offhand, but I will hit you up if I think of something. Well, you know what? I'm of Italian descent, so maybe make an Italian dish. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna mess that one up. Mm. Well, considering I haven't made anything good yet, except for the pizza. The pizza one was <laughs> legit good. <sighs> well, that's kind of Italian. Uh <laughs> but all right, yeah. And if you're looking for me, uh everyone knows where to find me. If you're here and you don't know where to find this show, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, and, uh, oh, you know what? I'll ask you, because did you ever, um, like, we have Vao Jing in common as far as from our podcast, but did you ever interact with or know anything about Kula, like, at all? Or does that... Uh... Who? <laughs> Kula is the, like, whenever we were starting The Untrained Eye, uh, I was looking for music to put on it, and... Uh, I found him on the, what was it? The free music archive. And, uh, like he puts his music all out there royalty free. And so I use it for that show and for this show. And, uh, if you go, I'll just tell you, I'll do my commercial that I do for him for you. If you go to color.com, C U L L A H.com. Uh, you Hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> what is it again? C U L L A H.com. Uh, and it's got all of his, uh, all of his music is up there for free. He puts up an album every year or he puts out an album every year on his birthday. And, uh, he just had an album come out cultivation and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, he doesn't ask for these, you know, commercials I do at the end of every episode, but because he puts it out for free, like I, I don't feel obligated, but I feel like it's the, the very least I could do. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, I always try and encourage everyone to at least go check him out. I mean, he's got the music there for free. You can download it all for free or you can get a vinyl or a CD or whatever. So Nice. There you go. Dude, that was a good plug. <laughs> he gets one every episode. Listen, if you make the music for this show, you get free plugs. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening and keep dragging. Oh,